are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. Um, love is in the sound waves, as they say, for a very special and intimate episode that we have planned, Valentine's Day themed. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus is the game of the week, and it's a game that has a legendary tale of giving your life, mind, body, and soul to conquer the impossible, all to save the one you love. And it got us thinking also a lot about video game romances as our topic of the show. Um, video game love stories and, and you know how romance has been effective or ineffective in our medium. And I also um, went to our Instagram uh, community, which is amazing, and got a lot of really cool responses on their favorite video game romances that I'll weave into the show as well. Um, so we've been playing a lot of Shadow of the Colossus, and we are going to talk about that. Uh, Shay finished up Horizon Zero Dawn. Speaking of romance, our BioBreak article this week involves a really cool study, uh, sort of contrasting the passion between Japanese and American lovers, which I think is interesting uh, to read, especially because Shay's in Japan. And, uh, of course, me and Fish continue our love-hate relationship with Monster Hunter. Who's loving? And who's hating? That is the, the question I will leave up in the air here at this point. But we got some more Monster Hunter talk. A couple cool polls as well. A Final Fantasy poll and a Donkey Kong Country poll that I went to the Instagram community as well. So we'll have the results of that. Um, there's just so much cool stuff to talk about this week. So it, it's going to be a fun time. Um, but first, like I said, Valentine's Day themed. Let's get to some quick intros here. Fish is here today, of course. The Filipino Johnny Depp, the one and only. And look, I have a cool story here. Me and Fish went to middle school together. And I remember on Valentine's Day, we'd all bring in cards to, to give out to our class. And Fish would bring in these like really fancy 3D pop-up cards. It had like a little pool tab and like a 3D fish would pop up out of the card holding a rose. It was, it was, it was really ingenious and adorable. Um, but the cool thing was, you know, some cards, you open them up and they'll play like a little song for you. Fish was ahead of his time because when you'd open up his Valentine's Day card, it just blew a little cloud of vape smoke right in your face, um, which was a sign of things to come, I guess. Uh, how yeah. you doing, Fish? Yeah, I actually got that idea from um, the 1986 Batman movie. Oh, okay. You know, where, where the Joker... More. Has this little flower that squirts acid in people's oh, faces? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I never could get a hold of acid. Mm. Well, that's 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 probably that makes that makes a lot of sense because in elementary school, I remember when you gave me mine, and just a bunch of sticky white fluid came out and flew across my face, and it gummed my eyes together, and I couldn't open them for a oh. week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ran out of the the regular vape that I had. <laughs> You, it was either that or you have like the uh, the test card. It must have been expired vape. Yeah, expi- that's what happens with expired yeah. vape juice. It gets really sticky and cloggy. Um, if you want to call it that. That's yes. it. That's sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It helps yeah, you just, sleep at night. <laughs> he hasn't slept very well at night since then, actually, Fish. Yeah, yeah. I didn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I said, Fish, I just love the idea of, you know, you're like your vaping roots starting from the very beginning um, somehow. So I know people don't like to joke about kids doing drugs, but whatever. I, I like the idea of you doing it in my fantasy world. So, Oh, yeah. Any, anytime, Morgan. Thank you. I'll do, I'll do drugs in your fantasy world anytime. 
Uh, we are glad you're here, Fish, and um, it's going to be a fun show today. We, we couldn't do a Valentine's Day show without your general creepiness. So, um, Up next, of course, from Japan, the one and only Shay Layton, the professor as we call him. And it's funny, Shay, you know, I give you a lot of shit about your uh, Tinder exploits on every podcast, pretty much. Um, pretty much. Beating that horse to death repeatedly. And I was thinking about it, and you know what? It's not really a joke, but so much of it was like a epiphany. In a lot of ways, Valentine's Day cards were like the first uh, Tinder pages, right? You know, will you be my Valentine? Circle yes or no. Um, it's kind of where it all started. Uh, except with uh, Valentine's Day cards, they didn't usually happen to have a picture of someone's genitals in <laughs> them because we were in elementary school. Whereas Tinder... Um, you know, if you end up getting someone's phone number or you access their social media or mm -hmm. something, uh, a, uh, particular, particularly interesting photo will usually end up in someone's inbox. Hmm. So, yeah, it was a whole lot harder when you had to get those things developed. <laughs> you, have to, you have to develop it and you just put it in the card. You're like one of the whole heads, you're just flapping it. God. You're just flapping it. You're like, ah, oh, this dick picture. Man, it's going to turn out great. Let me flap it for another two minutes. Oh, I can't wait I mean, for her to see this. She doesn't know what she's about to I get. Love, I love that. Like, yeah, we all agree dick, pic, uh, dick pics are pretty vulgar, but I love the idea of someone developing a dick pic Polaroid and sliding it into their, val into their card. God. I think that I think we should change our name to the Dick Pick Polaroid podcast. No, that's our that's our band. That's our At size indie band. The Dick Pick Polaroids. <laughs> try to say that ten times fast. The Dick Pick Polaroids. The Dick Pick. Po that's that's a that's a mouthful. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, glad you are here, Shay. As usual, of course, and. Um, Last but surely not least, Joshua Fowler is here, the tech guru. And, you know, Josh, um, I, I imagine that you were ahead of the game. You know, you were probably the first person photoshopping your own Valentine's Day cards uh, when you were little. And who, who is it that you were photoshopping your head onto again, Josh? Was it Mark Wahlberg's body? I'm trying to remember. It was actually Dick Butt, just with my face there. Dick butt. Mm -hmm. Ooh, sexy. Oh. <laughs> God, that's too bad. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining that, Josh, and whew, you must have got a lot of numbers that day. Two or three. <laughs> Which, you know, is... That's, well, that's about you, you need seven or eight to actually make the call. So Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I didn't expect you to take that route, Josh. I had a whole Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Boogie Nights joke lined up, and now I'm just going to have to trash it. So, oh. this, is what it is, yeah. <laughs> this is the middle school uh, Valentine's Day card. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. Valentine's Day is is just one of those weird holidays. And I the only funny story I have for you guys is that when I, of course, am Morgan here from Montana, is that one day, one Valentine's for my ex-wife, I was trying way too hard. And I remember I went and got the song. I don't know why this was the song that I heard in my head, but. There's a, a Will Ferrell song from this basketball movie called Semi-Pro, and it's called Love Me Sexy. And you guys remember that song? Love Me Sexy. You remember that song? So I, I played that on the stereo. I had my wife go downstairs, and I went to the craft store, and I bought a bunch of roses. 
and I tore the pedals off and I made a trail from the basement all the way up the stairs of like rose petals. And it was like a pattern that went to the li- through the living room where the song was playing. Love me sexy. And the rose petals went into the bedroom and led to me naked on the bed. And the only thing covering my man parts was oh, a bottle God. of champagne. <laughs> was a single rose petal. <laughs> was what? The- no. <laughs> Folded in half. Josh. It all fit nicely underneath that rose petal. God. It was really cold. All right. Come on. It was February. And now it was a, uh... The heat was off because you paid for all the rose petals. It's February. You don't want those things to guys. wilt. Come on. Uh, yeah, it was a champagne bottle. Thank you very much. Um. <laughs> Actually, that's a really romantic thing to do for a woman. I I wonder if she did she actually reciprocate and no, she didn't found that sexy. It at all. She kind of oh. laughed a little bit, and then we had sort of that awkward, you know, been married too long sex. So it, it wasn't a, wasn't a success oh. overall. I would say. But I was oh, trying, man. man. <laughs> I was trying. I guess that counts. Some sometimes you'll be in a relationship. First sweet moral of the day, where you're just you're giving it your all, and it's you're not getting it back. And, of course, that relationship is doing to fail, and it did fail. But it always makes for a, a true and funny story. So if anyone wants to steal that idea out there, it's a freebie from Morgan. Crack up your lady. Actually, I actually have a very short, funny Valentine's Day story I can tell as well, and I think you guys okay. will appreciate it. All right. Um, sixth grade, I was, uh, how, whatever you call dating back then, I was seeing this chick. Um, it was the it was the second of four times we dated in middle school. And um I I really liked her. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy some of those sweethearts candies and I'm gonna make a poem for her. Aww. So I spent all night on Val- Valentine's Day Eve or February thirteenth, whatever you wanna yeah. call it. And I was just like, I was like, like a madman. I was gluing and I was thinking I wrote for like two, three hours and I had just glued these and my dumb ass didn't think, well, how logistically speaking, how am I going to get this to her? How am I going to like fold this up and give it to her without Mm. embarrassing her? Yeah. So, um, I was like, you know what? There's no other way, but to just give it to her. And I remember um, we were in the library for class and had been kind of sitting in my um, stuff. And I went up to her and I was like, "Uh, here you are. And she's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) And then then literally, literally, I, I was a little embarrassed, but I was like, oh, man. I'm fucking good, you know? I figured maybe she was just embarrassed. One of her friends comes up to me, and, like, next period, is like, oh, she threw it out already. What? I was like, Damn. that fucking bitch. What the fuck? And you're married to her this day? It, no, that's not <laughs> No, I'm not. She, uh, she is, uh, thankfully, and, and I mean this in all sincerity, I think she's happily married and has kids. Huh. I know she has kids. I don't know if she's happily married, but... Um, well, that's. I would yeah, imagine but, not, yeah. since she rejected my sweetheart's poem in the sixth grade. Mm. <laughs> that's that's rough. So far, we have two sad Valentine's Day stories. So, by the end of the podcast, Fish and Josh, feel free to trip in with your own sad Valentine's story, and we can complete the circle. Um. Uh, yeah, mine's is pretty short. Actually, I'll just I'll get <laughs> it out of the way. <laughs> just we just get out. Let's just let's get it out. <laughs> I, I never had a Valentine. 
that sounds like an unbelievably happy story to me, Fish. <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. That's true. Do you know how much uh, money you save? I don't save? feel like I'm missing out on it. How much, like, anguish? Are you a, are you a serial killer, no, Fish? No, dude, you're not. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is sad and sweet. Or mm-hmm. short and sweet, I should say. There's nothing sad about it, dude. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times I've stressed over giving someone a Valentine's Day present or, like, making sure it's, like, just this utmost special mm-hmm. day. I mean, like, and that's not to say, that's not to say that, like, those things are bad or you shouldn't do them. It's just, for me, like, I have, I get really bad anxiety when it comes to, like, relationship stuff because I want to make sure I do everything perfect when that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Right, right. Because, yeah. So, yeah. 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 You're just lucky you haven't had to go through that stress. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. And the only time I actually did have my first valentine's was with my wife and girlfriend at the time and um that made it more special i think because all we that's did true just, both of them yeah. at the same time your wife and your girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like cheaper nice if you have at the same time you're only paying for three meals and not four mm-hmm. fish you know he's, yeah. he's economically savvy if nothing else true. um all right well this is my friend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's like reminds me of that thing from the the office uh where ryan's like oh shit i hooked up with her on february the 13th so he's like damn it now i have to get a valentine's day i mean it's just it's like shay said it's one of those holidays that it's it's it gives you a lot of anxiety because you want to do a good job but anyways um that's kind of the fun outpouring of our soul here so (laughs) it's cool to learn those things i learn things about you guys every day and i've known you forever but um, we're here to talk about video games and romance, and Shadow of Colossus sort of inspired the topic of the show, which started off, like Josh said, was like a shitty, it sounded like a shitty thesis I was writing for a college class. It was like, from Mario to Shadow of the Colossus, saving the princess, and then it kind of evolved into just gamey romances, but that's where the idea came from, um, because I'm playing Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm like, man... This is the same age-old concept of fucking Mario. I'm I'm just saving the princess, you know, and that's it's still as powerful and as important as it is, you know, today than it was before. So anyways, that's the topic of the show, gaming romances, and this is going to spiral in a lot of different directions, and I have some cool comments to read from the Instagram as well. My um, So my opening thought here, I know you guys all have a different takeaway probably on this um, as well, but... For me, from the very beginning, why it was probably injected into video games at its core, and I think when used properly, what makes it so interesting is that it gives you a stronger sense of purpose, right? I mean, video games are all about purpose after all, right? Why am I doing this? And that's that's fundamentally at the core of what love is, right? Like, that gives you the most powerful motivation of all to some degree to to save someone or rescue someone that you love is at the heart of like the very essence of like most movies and humanity and stories. And that's also why I think you find it in video games, because it's a it's an interactive medium that takes a lot more investment from us as players to overcome challenges and obstacles and and puzzles and things like that. And the best way to get someone to want to do that is to give them a strong purpose. So for me, like when romance is done really properly in a game or like the age old idea of rescuing or saving someone, like let's take shadow of the Colossus. It gives you a purpose. Why am I going to take down like what a 12 or 14 or how many Colossus, these giant, just huge 
impossible colossus. It doesn't even seem like you could ever do it. Thank you, Shay. 16 colossus. It's 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 impossible task, but you're doing it because of love. That is your that is your purpose, your drive, and the foundation for us as human beings as well. Um, and and for me, that's sort of my starting point here. And what I was thinking a lot about this week. Um, what about? Go ahead, fish. You got, looks like you're trying to jump in there. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. These people who develop these games, like I don't mean to stereotype them, but you know they these stereotype people. them. Do it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> these people here, I reckon they're nerds uh, in front of a computer. No, we're all we're all we're all nerds. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, like these developers aren't um I, I'd imagine aren't as show, socially inept as far as like going out there and being um uh extrovert type Wait, of is that the right way to say it? Socially inept? Or they inept is like bad, right? Uh, fucking nerds, I believe is the medical term. Oh, yeah. oh come on, Josh. Come on! Inept means incapable of doing something. Yeah. Inept means incapable of doing yes. something. Adept means you ha- you can successfully do yeah, it. Yeah, so they're socially right. inept. Gotcha. Right. And, and, and the thought of, you know... We saving... love all you fucking nerds, so don't, don't take what Josh said in a bad mm-hmm. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a medical term, he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but no, I, I I thought of them as kind of like people who, that that story of saving a girl, it was something that kind of spoke to them, and they wanted to translate that into the game. So like, mm-hmm. like people in the game of Mario, like they want you to be jumping through all these hoops just to try and save a princess. And oh no, she's not in this level. You have to go another level to get to her. Mm. And until you finally get to the hardest, one of the most difficult levels you get to, and you have to defeat a fire-breathing dragon turtle, and then then eventually you get the girl, and you get to live happily ever after. And, and I think that that type of story kind of speaks speak to those people back then, and they they figured it'd be something yeah. that would kind of speak to you know people playing their video games as well. And um, going back to like when they were in on the on the play on the playground when they were in grade school and they were uh, socially inept as you said and they look over and there was the pretty girl in class who didn't want anything to do with them and they just wish they could like beat a bad guy up or a bully or something to to you know impress them or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i imagine roots would start from there yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, um what about you josh where did you kind of take this topic when we started bringing it up i was thinking more about talking about some of our favorite romances because I kind of feel like trying to trying to hit all of them is yeah yeah there's there's a lot to go over there um well I mean which we could do since that seems to be the direction you guys are going um yeah just see where it takes you Josh there are no rules and plus a lot of (laughs) I promise there are no rules and plus a lot of our uh, Instagram community just left a lot of really cool comments about their favorites so um but anyways go ahead Oh yeah, um, I mean it's kind of fresh in my memory now, so I'll put it out there. Um, but I mean, probably one of my favorites, a, f- a few, a few really good ones recently. But uh, one of my favorites um, from last year was um, in uh, um, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, because even though it's oh weird, I was hoping yeah, you were even though say you're that. only getting one side of the story. Um, you know, from kind of the internal monologue going on there, you're the the entire thing is motivated 
from Senua losing uh, her lover and yeah. basically having, you know, a psychotic break. Um, and it's, it's done so well, um, eventually, you know, fleshing out everything going on, um, and, you know, just letting you know why this was, you know, such, such a huge deal, um, yeah. to the main character. Um, and it's... So you consider that, that's interesting, you consider that a, ro- a love story, huh? Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, I mean, um... It takes a while to to really get there. I mean, they kind of give you the bare bones of it to begin with. That you know, uh, the it's. I don't think this is too big of a spoiler because it's in all the screenshots. But the skull that you're carrying around on your hip, the entire game, is your lover's skull, um, mm-hmm. which, bit of a spoiler here, was you know he, he was killed by Viking raiders, which is why Sen was, you know, tracked them down with the intent of A, killing them, and B, retrieving his soul from the, you know, the Viking gods, the North Norse gods, where she yeah. has, you know, has assumed his soul is gone because they were the ones that killed him. Uh, yeah, it's like a Norse kill bill, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's it ends up it's really good. It's really good. I don't I don't want to spoil any anything other than that, because that's kind of the bare okay. bones of it, but Yeah. Um That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that okay, that's that's a good starting place there for choices as well. What about you, Shay? When we start talking about this topic, whether it was choices or where you wanted to take it, um what were you thinking? Yeah, um part 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 of where I wanted to take it is actually kind of what Fish was talking about. Um it's it's an age-old story, and it's never going to get old because uh, it's it's something that we're faced with every day, and it just it's something that we've always been faced with. You look at now where pe- where our loved ones die from cancer or yeah. um, accidents, you know, th- things of that nature, and it's like you want to be able to save them, but there's nothing you can do, and that mm. person essentially becomes so important and integral into your life that it's you you lose a part of yourself when you lose someone and it's it's hard to regain that or move on past that and that yeah that just that that type of story will never get old and we and it's personified and um given life through different things like super mario is something as simple as and silly as super mario is it's personified you know um via Mario being just the hero, the peaches, the damsel in distress, and Bowser's whatever embodies whatever um roadblock you have, you know? Uh yeah. it can be it can be an infinite number of situations. Yeah. Uh that being said, there there doesn't need much to that needs to be said about that. Um I agree with Josh. One of my favorites uh from last year was definitely Hellblade. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like the way it was handled because it wasn't a typical I have to rescue my significant other. It was this person's already dead. Um I'm having this just like you're seeing the after effects essentially yeah. of what happens when someone dies. Yeah. Um it's it's like it's almost like the polar opposite of the Pixar movie up, 
where like the old man regains his life and regains a sense of purpose where whereas Senua is just fulfilling her last purpose. Um granted there may be a sequel to it. Um certainly at the end of the game it's left open for that and that's not too much of a spoiler but yeah a little bit of one. But yeah, it's it's it seems like when you go throughout the game she's fulfilling her final purpose. Uh, the other one that came to the top of my mind, and I'll stop after this, was uh, Super Meat Boy. I love uh, <laughs> what the Meat Super- Boy and Bandage well, Girl Romance. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty much the same as Mario, to be honest with you. But um, I like their I guess, cute yeah. little love story at the beginning. Hmm. Who who is Meat Boy chasing down? Who what's her what's her name again? Bandage, Bandage Girl. Girl. That's right, Bandage Girl. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's yeah that would just have some fun little symbolism there with, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, yeah, tell me about the symbolism, Josh. Let's well, see, I mean, the, whole, the whole story there is that Meat Boy has no skin and Bandage Girl is made of bandages, so they kind of, you know, he can't really live without her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I just want yeah, I just wanted to kind of delve into it a little bit. Can't just leave me hanging with yeah. that, Josh. I mean, people want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's interesting. You actually said something I thought was interesting, though, because I mean, technically, yes, the damsel in distress story has been around forever. But you actually, uh, were, when you said the thing about like maybe someone who has someone in their family that gets sick or gets cancer or they lose someone they love, it, one thing about video games is they kind of give us this power to change something that we don't necessarily get in real life, right? Like, mm-hmm. in real life, there's nothing you can do about it. But in video games, it's sort of a um, a way for us to take control of, of the situation and, and conquer things and, and get sort of gain a sense of power and control back for these horrible things um, in, in our lives, I think, maybe metaphorically. So there's probably something to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it extends. I think that's a really good point, and I, I want to expand upon that. I think that – excuse me just a second <laughs> – Sorry, I think it expands beyond that because I myself, and I'm sure other people relate to this, when I meet someone and I'm interested in them and I want to engage in a relationship with them, I just get completely mentally and emotionally immersed. And um, it's difficult for me um, to look at those situations objectively and be like, you know, slow it down a little bit, relax. There's plenty of time in the world to enjoy this person and get to know them. Mm-hmm. I'm just like the I'm I'm the type of the person that like wants to just fall headfirst into that and just yeah. explore it as quickly as possible. But in a mm-hmm. video game, you know, in the event that those type of romance scenarios can take place, you can control that so much more. And granted, the game is a little bit more on rails than a relationship in a real life scenario but if you look at something like mass effect you get you're given all these choices and you're given the option to some degree within the confines of the game of how to proceed so in that context whether it's real or a false sense of it you can control who you fall in love with how you fall in love with them and so on and so forth like they're like you're saying there's that greater sense of control there even though it's put on rail so mm-hmm. to speak versus a real life scenario 
What's interesting about Mass Effect too is they work with you because some people mentioned Mass Effect for sure in this in our comment section. But what's interesting about Mass Effect is they work with you as opposed to you saving them. So it's more of like a like you're falling in love with your partner or your best friend and you're going on this journey with them as opposed to like right. the I need to rescue this person. So it's a, a different play on that dynamic. Yeah, and also in Mass Effect, Absolutely. you you get to actually choose who you want to have a romance with. Which is also kind of cool because, you know, as you play that game, you realize that you can take these romances further. And, um, yeah, that, that's just an interesting thing that they put into that game where you can have different dialogue options with certain characters. And uh, as a gamer, like, uh, I like the fact that they give you a choice in that instead of, you know, um, just give it, having one person driving your player through the game. Mm -hmm. um but does it work for you like the 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 element of like do you feel more of an attachment to the character in like mass effect because you have i mean obviously they're bioware games so there's a lot of choice right and consequence and you get yeah. a little more agency there but like is that more powerful for you as far as the bond goes compared to other games or i, I think it makes it more interactive and um ultimately more fun to engage in that type of uh, love story i guess in a game um whereas like in like dante's inferno like the whole driving force of the main character is the safest woman from hell yeah because uh the the satan has taken her all the way down into the depths of hell and you have to go through all the God, satan's a real jerk yeah <laughs> taking our women away are, yeah are, are, he's taking her taking her to hell and force you to play game? through dante's inferno to get her back <laughs> exactly. That's the real hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Was it the book or the game you're talking about? Uh, the game. Oh, oh okay. come on, we're not literate. I, was, I thought I thought we were about to talk about. <laughs> no, sophisticated yeah, Dante's here. Inferno yeah, and the book, love, and I was like, yeah, the damn, book is fish, about, you read Dante's you know, Inferno? Yeah, there's there's no love thing going on in the book. And then, yeah, yeah, and then I was I was further confused because I was like. There's nothing in Dante's Inferno, the book that is about yeah. love. <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a heavy read too. That's a heavy read. I tried it before. Um, no, I think that's true, Fish. That's interesting. Interesting of all the things that came to your mind is Dante's Inferno. Oh, that wow. just cracks me up. I mean, well, look at Kratos' dumbass. He fucking yeah. he's see Kratos' thing is weird because he was tricked into killing his family, so that's his whole motivation. But like the way he killed him is just very weird, right? Like I love God of War, but the the it's very strange. Like he basically gets put in such a killing frenzy that he slaughters a house or whatever that Zeus or um, Ares tells him to, and doesn't realize in his fury that he kills his own family. I guess that was the whole thing, right? So. It's, it's a weird yeah. kind of motivation. Like, oh, I accidentally killed my whole family. Fuck. You know, it's oopsie doopsie. <laughs> it's, very, it's very strange. Mm -hmm. But that's where he gets all his rage from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not being observant enough to realize he was slaughtering <laughs> his own family. Right. Uh... But um, a couple quick comments I wanted to throw in here because you brought up Mass Effect. We had a comment from Too Spicy for the Pepper. Too spicy for the pepper. Uh, Garrus and Femship forever, which I, I will say that's a common thread. I got a lot of Garrus and Femship. Mm. This is interesting among yeah. a lot of female Mass Effect players. They really like Garrus. There are a lot Garrus of people that like... Garrus is pretty cool. We ended up being just friends at the end of that. Yeah. I really wanted Tally, but she really wanted the God, dick. Yes. Yes. I no, wanted Tally, too. Are you guys so it, just, it was just never going to work. 
Just mm. never going to work for us. Were you a fem chef, Josh? Mm-hmm. That's a shame. It was, it was all about Jack. Ugh, no. 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 I'm sorry. Actually, if you guys go back to, to listen to uh, the SPT episode, like you guys, not the listeners, um, when Josh, Morgan, and I did it, uh, I, de- I definitely did that in the game, and then I talked with you guys about it, and we all had a good conversation about it. So huh. it's pretty funny. What yeah. about Jack? But I think... I, yeah, I know. Yeah, you were yeah, all about I ended Jack. Up like, you were way down the Jack train. No, 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 no. What ended up happening was I, I went with Jack um, as a joke to tell you guys about it, and it was hilarious, and I, I told you guys that story. But I ended up actually going for, um, I think it was Tally, actually, is who I ended What's up hilarious about picking Jack, Because I was Jack, talking huh? about how. What's so funny about that? I said back in the day I oh, thought it I was you. funny. Huh. I didn't say I think it's funny now. <laughs> What's so funny about know, Jack? She's a beautiful woman. I... Jack, I actually like Jack. She was cool. Yes. I think I went for the. She was cool. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. She was cool. Just her personality was crazy. So abrasive. Crazy. I think that's yeah. 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 Friends don't let friends put their dick in crazy. I liked it. That's true, and I think that's I what I think that's crazy, really so. what ended up being funny about the situation was just like. She clearly had some mental instability, yeah. and that was as as a me being myself, being like, ah, oh, that's the most viable option for me. <laughs> no, seriously, like a Jack would have been right is exactly my type. It just I wasn't really into her uh, or persona in their game game per se, but um, uh huh. But I I uh-huh. I don't even remember who I went. It's been so long since Mass Effect. I think I did something really shallow, like the reporter. Mm. The reporter kept wanting to come up to my goddamn room, man. I couldn't mm. stop it from happening. Yeah. No, I, I remember this. I actually remember my... this. You, you you go ahead. You Morgan wanted the reporter, but then um that's exactly what you said on that podcast is like she kept hinting at it, she kept hinting at it, and then it never culminated Damn into it. anything because that's her character doesn't um, copulate with the main character, so it's not it's not an option. Yeah. It sounds like a good reporter so, to me. Morgan got yes, Morgan got blue balled. <laughs> that seems like an appropriate favor. Or black balled. He got balled. Either I, I way, I he like got the balled. One sorry, girl. Uh, she was like a Justicar. Um, I don't remember what her name was, but uh, I think I really got into her character. But anyways, a lot of comments, and that's a thing. Like Garrus is real big among the fem chef community, which is fascinating to me. Mm. Um, but cool, Mass Effect. Because Mass Effect is one that people brought up. A lot of cool comments I got. Like, um, I love M. Peach said probably. I try. I feel bad when I butcher people's names. I love M. Peach. Probably Garrett or Garnett and Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. I love them. Also, Link and Marin because it's so bittersweet. Um, hmm. So those are some those are some good ones. Link and Marin was a kind of a, a somber mm. thing. Yeah, and it turns out she wasn't real. She was the girl of his dreams. Oh. Yeah. And then he had to wake up that fish. <laughs> God damn it! Yep. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time you wake the fish, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> bittersweet. Um, and Garnet and Zidane is is a little under underappreciated, I think, from Final Fantasy IX, uh, because yeah. people have a harder time taking those characters seriously with their big, goofy heads and everything. But yeah. that that was a that, was a that very one was sweet good because all the characters in that game are earnest. You don't get a bunch of angsty fuckers like in every other Final Fantasy game. 
Hey yeah. Final Fantasy IX, people actually, you know. It was a throwback to the less yeah. angsty times. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was a good one. You mean to tell me that Titus was angsty? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, was my, that was my favorite comment we got. Someone, uh, Border Jumper Mel said, someone needs to throw me in a lake with a Titus cosplayer so I can get that kissing scene fantasy off my bucket list. Um, <laughs> and I... Re- <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, uh, that that was a magical scene in Final Fantasy X. It was fish, growing fish up. Puberty that was like, that scene, yeah. damn, that's really romantic. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really care that much about Titus and Yuna, but I, I mean, it was good. But I mean, that scene was great. But I, I think my, I had a stupid response, something like, um, I could find you a Meg Ryan celebrity uh, <laughs> lookalike and sell some later hosing on her. Um, it looks like we, uh, this person, Shram underscore Ryan. Uh, this is a man after my heart said my all-time favorite is Squall and Renault. I have them tattooed on my arm. That that's my that's a hero right there. Because if you think about it, it's the only Final Fantasy where the love story is the logo for the game. Squall and Renoa embracing is the logo for Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy IX is mm-hmm. what the crystal. Seven is what the comet. Um, yeah. Six is the mech thing. Meteor. 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 Well, Meteor Comet. Oh, come on. You're really going to correct me on that? God damn it. Yeah, because it's a big deal right, in the right. game. And I'm All fucking right. nerding out. I'm being that asshole nerd before someone, one of our listeners be, is the asshole nerd. It's like, it's it's Meteor. You should have finished I'm going to be that asshole You should have finished the sentence like, it's a Meteor because of this and that and this and that. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> Nerds are everyday people, Morgan. How about you not stereotype? We've already. Well, that's that's my favorite <laughs> voice. If you take that voice away from me, I've got nothing. Um, that's not true. I have another voice. In this politically correct climate, you can't do that voice. This, this podcast is not politically correct. I mean, that's the beauty of what we do. Uh, somebody said Sniper Wolf and Otacon, which is a really good one. Um, also, I, I couldn't even like. I remember <laughs> that. Okay, continue. I don't. Wasn't that more of like he was just creeping on Sniper Wolf? I don't remember the details of it because it's been a long time. More or less. I think she was into her dogs a whole lot more than Otacon. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And by default, that's why he ended up taking care of them so much. So he could mm. pretend she loved him too. I mean, Otacon had a weird life. Wasn't he sleeping with someone in Metal Gear Solid 2? He had this backstory about how he slept with someone. His stepmother. He slept with his stepmother while somebody drowned in a pool or something like that. I don't It was something weird. Um, don't you remember that? Uh-huh. It did happen. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm going to look it but up. But it sounds about right. Yeah. Which right is now. why he ended up with such <laughs> a thing care. for his sister. Yes. Her stepsister. Emma. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Otacon was fucked up in the head. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yes, he was. But yeah, I was going to say, I didn't mean to jump around too much, but back to Final Fantasy VIII, um, I was going to say that I would love. Because one of our polls I did, which is a great time to slip this in right now, if we ever decide to do it, I, w- I was curious. And about 75% of our people I polled did say they'd be interested in like a Final Fantasy retrospective uh, segment on the podcast, which I thought was pretty good. Um, but one of the things I'd be the most curious about is that Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite game ever. And that romance affected me a lot as a 17-year-old kid. But I'm a 31-year-old adult now. And I haven't played that game in like 10 years. So I'm curious as to how much that would resonate with me now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
because I don't know, you know, like I don't like a lot of times people poke fun at Final Fantasy for being a little melodramatic, right? And um, I would just love to see how Squall and, and what well, there was this weird lo- triangle that they didn't. I used to research, did a lot of research into this, and there was like this, it kind of got cut from the game a little bit, but there was actually supposed to be a love triangle between Quistus and Squall, and um, no, it was Renoa and Squall yeah, and Seifer. It was a love pentagram. Yeah, I, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought Quistus was really cool too. But Satan is the fifth one. Quistus is the one I really wanted. I wanted to teach. I felt like Squall and Quistus had a thing. I really did. So I, I did too when I played that. I, I'm going to admit that. Like yeah. at the beginning, you feel like there's that tension. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. The cl- the classic teacher and student. Yeah, but something deeper. You know, she sees potential in him as a person because Squall was just like, whatever, bro. That's all he ever said was whatever. Because Squall was like too cool for school. You know what I mean? With his leather jackets. He was basically like Fish when I went to middle school with Fish. And the girls would come up to him and they'd Fish, you want to go out to dance with me? And he'd be like, whatever. You know, so it was like. What'd you say, baby? I can't see you through this cloud of vape. (laughs) (laughs) But deep down inside, Fish was trembling. Mm-hmm. quivering because he just wanted the embrace of one woman Aww. who could cut through the tough exterior <laughs> cut through the soft vape exterior who could whip off that vape leather cloud, jacket like a fog bank. who could <laughs> blow through the vape <laughs> waves through the vape waves who would fall asleep and let fish do what he does best mm-hmm. vape he was just vaping under that cloud of vape was just tons of insecurities hiding away um well this really got deep i'm sorry fish i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It's all true. It's all true. <laughs> uh. But um, anyways, a lot of people brought up Final Fantasy VIII, and that is, I mean, that's my argument for that one. It is a Final Fantasy game where the romance is the goddamn logo for the game. Respect it. Um, I, will, I will admit that Final Fantasy VIII's romance is better than Final Fantasy X's, mm-hmm. uh, just because God, it's mm-hmm. the dialogue. I love X, but the dialogue for that romance is annoying. And seven, I mean, like the the Eris Cloud thing. You, you want you? It's just Wasn't fucked it Tifa? up because like she loves. Wasn't it Tifa and Cloud? No, it's Eris. It was Eris and Cloud for sure. That was a, um, did have the best romance with Laguna and Julia. Who's oh, yeah. the best romance? <laughs> That's that was a good true. one too. Yeah, that was a good one. That, that was so much true. better than the main one. It was well, so good. Well, I don't know. Let's so slow good. down. Slow I forgot down, Josh. about that. Slow down. Josh, good job. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that song, Eyes on Me, was all about that love. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah, Very I guess pivotal. it was. Yeah, but who got the Eyes on Me in the spaceship? Squall and Renoa. Julian might have been playing yeah, it. Which the... was the only reason they actually went to the spaceship, because nothing happens there. They yeah, but I mean, come on. Go up What's there, hug for a little while, and then come back. That's that. It's well, that is the only reason they ended up going to space. Just to hug What's for a little while. What's more rock than getting a hug from your your girl on the Ragnarok, man? The fucking Ragnarok in eight was badass. Well, let me ask you this, Josh: Did Elon Musk need a reason to go to space? No, he didn't. He did it because he could. Did Renoa and Squall need a reason? Yes, because that's the only Wait. place in the universe. That wasn't anyone this... could bear them fucking was in space, <laughs> so no one has to see it. Wasn't there this weird scene where they were like drifting in space, and like you had to control Squall in space and grab like a drifting Renoa? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
That yes. whole thing. There was a lot going. That game did some weird shit, man. <laughs> it went some places. They were fucking doing an astronaut. I was playing cards against astronauts, man. <sighs> that was a better time of existence. Um, <laughs> really was. I mean, video games. Come on. There was a time when Final Fantasy games were like the greatest thing on the planet, and now they're just. You're you're hopeful that it's gonna be really good or it's gonna be so fucked up it's gonna be kind of good. Um, another angle I want to take this as we kind of get back to our discussion and I get to a few more comments was because uh, we were talking a lot about our different romances and the angles on it. One interesting thing that I was thinking about was remember Braid? Like Braid actually flipped the script on the traditional romance because you think you're doing sort of a Mario style chase the princess the whole game, but then you find out at the end of Braid that you are really, she's trying to get away from you. And they have that really powerful sequence where it's like, holy shit, I, I was, became obsessed and I was chasing this person, but she was running away from me the whole time. And I was like the creepy guy chasing her, not rescuing her. And that was like a really powerful way to flip that whole, whole thing on, on its head. Um. Yeah, I agree. I, it's not just the way the pacing is. Because the pacing is so well done in the game, but yeah, it's just like the 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 way that um is Jonathan Blow, correct? Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. I quote, okay, the way Jonathan Blow basically took just this this trope that is just, I mean, justifiably so beat to death, and he just flipped it, like he literally flipped it, and he did it so masterfully, and yeah. I think that's what works so well for that game, but just. I would like to see more of that, not just in gaming, but in the media in general. It's yeah. not just like like people cheating on each other or just like the basic love th- things. I mean, like there's only or there's only so many ways you can do that and only so many different twists and turns you can take. And not everything has to be a twist and turn, but like to do something like that, to take a love story and just completely do something different with it i think would be valuable for many mediums right now yeah well that in in braid specifically he turns it at the end of the game too because at the beginning of the game it seems just like any other save the princess type game you're getting the story from one side of that story the entire time until you get to the end and then you get the rest of the story and see exactly how destructive that type of thinking can be if you take it that far. Um, and it's, it is, like you said, it's, it's done just masterfully. Um, yeah, was it all the, like the puzzle pieces that you collected, like supposed to be like these romantic type of dates where they had the, like one was like, I think a picnic and uh, I forget the rest of them, but like, I remember the picnic one, yeah. Like, yeah. memories, yeah. Important memories. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the, they were all specifically... I, I think they had more to do with the main character than than the romance yeah. in general. Um, the, the dialogue was really, really well done in that game. I, I don't remember the specifics of why she was leaving him or if it was vague, like if he was obsessed with his work or whatever. I don't remember she the She wasn't specific- leaving him. He, it was completely unrequited. Oh, it was completely like completely. just he was like a stalker. Yeah, basically. he was a fucking creep. It's like, oh. oh no, I'll impress this girl. She's she'll be mine if I just just you know. It, yeah, yeah. It was, 
I'll save her mm. from this horrible guy, which is the guy she picked. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like the the like her the person she cared about or wanted to be with was like the enemy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sort of like a weird fever dream. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's powerful stuff. That's interesting, powerful stuff that I wish people could connect more on. And a lot of people didn't get to the end of Braid to experience it because the puzzles in Braid were such a turnoff for people that they didn't get to stick it out yeah, to the it end. Is a, to... That is a tough game. Just making it to the end is, you know, difficult enough. So, yes, I ch I had to cheat when I was younger. I was so obsessed with the story. I had to look up all the all the secrets because I was too dumb. I was too dumb. Um, I just just I was impatient. I was so addicted to finding out what was going to happen that I had to know, which is kind of a problem that I have sometimes. Um, a couple couple other. You were too worried about the the answer. The the destination, and you weren't worried enough about the it, journey. Yeah, man. impatience for me is it's the journey that's most important. Yeah, but it was a puzzle game, and I sucked at those. So like the journey was also <laughs> a but pain. Listen, in my man, you really you really got to focus on the journey. That's where the magic happens, and it's really it's where you grow as an individual, mm -hmm. man. All right, bro, I'll remember that next time. Uh, a couple other <laughs> couple other good comments we had here. Uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. before Titus this is from God Game Guy. Before Titus and Yuna in Pharmacy Ten, all I knew about video game romance was that if you save the princess, she might give you a kiss. Um. So, also according to Joe and Mac, if you beat up enough dinosaurs, lots of cave babes will give you kisses. Uh, let's see. Ch -ch -ch. This is an interesting one. Wait, what? Joe and Mac. Oh my God, that's a that's the one game that I've been trying to find the. The Fish name so title. Excited. Is that was that it? I, is that is that a Super Nintendo game where like you're cavemen and like you throw like boomerang bones at dinosaurs? Oh, you can make me Google it now. God damn it! No, don't Google it. I well, you, to Joe, I didn't know what a Joe, when I read it. I was like, I don't know what this Joe and Mac thing is that he's talking. Joe and about. Mac. I'll remember that. I'll look it up later. Hey, I looked it up. Fish. It is a Super Nintendo game. Um, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't want cave women kissing up on your caveman? It was like, <laughs> uh, those cave women, man. Mm -hmm. uh, does this look familiar, Fish? I'm showing you in the webcam. Yes. Yes. Uh, I haven't Super seen Fish Nintendo. this happy since oh uh, took him to a strip club. Wow. I, I remember renting a game where, yeah, you were cavemen and you were throwing like little bones at dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. God. I need to play that game somehow. Didn't make the yeah. SNES classic. Darn, who would have thought Joe and Mac mm. didn't make the list? Mm. <laughs> Shocker. That's a tragedy. Um, Akuma429 said BJ Blaskowitz and Anya, which is a pretty good one. Um, but I only played Wolfenstein 2, so I didn't really get a lot of their the good part of their relationship. I got some of the cool moments, <laughs> like the pregnant lady sliding around covered in blood with machine guns, but I didn't get... That's all Morgan remembers about oh, that. That yeah. seems so good. That's I all. love that part. So good. Uh. It was okay in the first one. It was all right. It was all right. It wasn't my favorite. It was kind of a... She was the person who took care of him while he was in a coma. Like a, a lucid coma. Just couldn't... Mm. Just completely paralyzed. Um, and then it goes from there. Um, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't bad, though. It was... Better than uh, I would have expected said... from a... 
Wolfenstein game. We'll put it there. I should have read the rest of his comment, Josh. I apologize. It says, what is more romantic than a Nazi killing badass that would sacrifice himself for the love of his girl and his unborn children? When shit goes bad and BJ gets caught, you can't help but feel angry that BJ may never see Anya again. I think Wolfenstein totally succeeded in telling this compelling story. Another one from you is Geralt and Triss. Um, I didn't even see the end of it where he was talking about The Witcher. Um, Fuck Geralt! God damn! Geralt is just... I have trouble with Geralt as a character from The Witcher because I love The Witcher games, but, like, him as a character, he was just so... He wasn't bad. There's just something about him. Like, he talked like Solid Snake, but they tried to give him, like, a more fleshed-out personality, so, like, he would say, like, intelligent things, but he would talk, I'm Geralt. I see what you're saying. Okay. You know, it just... I don't know. There's something about Geralt that just threw me off, and I can never fool. I am The Witcher. Yeah. Can never fully get into Let me get into my it's like, Witcher. It's like if you give the inner world guy a personality. We, he does. He's not supposed to have one. He's it's just off-putting. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know he did. He's just supposed um, to tell us about the movie that we're going to see next summer. That's that's all. That's we don't need him to have a backstory. Yeah, I just. Or do we dun, coming dun, next dun, summer? Dun, my own backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Summer 2018. Desert... Oh, that was a different... That was like a... I don't know who that was. Uh, we had someone here, intelligently, Rory Leyland, Final Fantasy VIII, greatest game of all time. Another... Man, there's a lot of FF8 love here. These these people are just... I, I, I assume this is a joke, but Desert Ocelot said Sonic and Elise. I think is that joke when Sonic uh, made out with like that human-looking girl. Do you guys remember that? No. Okay, so this is this is for you guys and any listeners that might be listening to this right now. If you Google Sonic and um, Elise, and there's, <laughs> it pulls up, she's is Sonic and a real person. It is a real human being that had a relationship with Sonic. So that um, I can't tell if this person's making a joke, but I'm assuming that it has to be a joke unless they're you know teach their own if that's what you're into. I'm not gonna be judgmental. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, a um, couple other cool ones here. This is an interesting. I thought you'd appreciate this, Josh. Janice underscore Basson said, not many games come to mind with regard to romance, but the relationship between Henry and Delilah in Firewatch really mm. stands out to me. You get roped in because they have so much control over what happens between the two characters. Um, and I, I maybe that's an interesting one, Josh, because I, you know, I didn't like Firewatch very much, but the, how they were able to make that relationship so good. And you never saw Delilah. She was just a voice, but they fleshed out their relationship so well. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Cause it's kind of a romance, I guess. Kind of ish. It was going to become a romance if they would have left together. I had the feeling, you know, <laughs> Which I kind of think was the point. I feel like it more that one yeah. seems like another one that was more of a projected romance than anything. Um, but well, yeah, it's hard to hard yeah. to say. That's I mean, yeah, but she I guess what she was saying is no romance is kind to mind, but there was a relationship there that stood out to her, and that's fair because they did a really good job with the relationship aspect of it. Um, I mean, that's a good question for you guys. Like, I feel like the romance angle for games is still really has a long way to go like there are there are also some other cool examples like elena which no one mentioned elena and drake from uncharted which they did a really good job of it's all cutscenes yeah. usually 
Yeah, well, I was going to bring that one up because that one, that one feels like the most comfortable of relationships that mm-hmm. is not really explored yeah. in games a lot. And that was done really well. Um, really well. Um, yeah. That's probably the most realistic. When I think of any relationship, Elena and Drake is probably the most realistic to me of like how they responded to each other in like, mm-hmm. especially in Uncharted 4. Like they're, they're, that scene where they sit down on the couch and they just have dinner together and play Crash Bandicoot. Like mm-hmm. there has never been a relationship in a game to me that fe- felt as real as theirs. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And just like the, the natural reactions um, when he you know, goes back to treasure hunting and doing what he's doing. And, you know, she finds out and she's all pissed off and whatnot. It just, it all feels natural. It yeah. really yeah. does. It's very organic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's no, there's not a line written between them that doesn't feel like something that they wouldn't have said. Like it's, it all feels just completely natural. Just, you know, from, from point A to point B, like there's just, it all makes sense. Um, it's done, it's done really well. Um, yeah. 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 And you know, that's, that's one where that's great considering the circumstances, which are absurd. Like these crazy treasure hunting, you know, ridiculous action movie circumstances, but like the characters are so human and real that that's why that whole fucking thing works. Not to mention that's a case where the technology helps the game, right? The, the voice acting and, like, the facial movement. Like, they feel real because of how incredible the tech is there. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, you say you say about Hellblade, too. Like, you felt her pain toward her lost lover more because of how incredible the tech was in Hellblade, Hellblade too, right? So. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Something to be said about utilizing the technology in interesting ways. A couple other quick comments here. Before we move on to talk about some shadow, um, I had a comment from. God, there were so many on this one. Somebody said a weird one. They said Nero and Kyrie from Devil May Cry Four. Um, I don't even know. I don't know anything about that one, to be honest with you. Devil May Cry Four. I don't. I think that's one of the few that I've missed. It says it's a clear show of unconditional love despite one's affliction. This showed me that no matter how hard life may be for someone, there's always somebody ready to love them. I feel like games are one of the most successful ways to tell a story because the player gets to feel love from one character to another. Or like we discussed earlier, the power to try and control that fate and save someone or whatever happens to be. Oh, um, but that feel, fighting the feeling of powerlessness. But yeah, that's interesting. I'd have to Google Nero, Nero and Kyrie. Sorry, I wish I could have more of an interesting input, but I'm just not familiar with that one. But I will, I will look it up. Um, and... This, oh, so this is the biggest one. This is one I have to read. This one got the most feedback from other people on the post. And also, like, this was overwhelming from other people, like, mentioning this. And that was, uh, this is from Gilbeezy skit, Master Chief and Cortana. Obviously, it's not a traditional romance, um, not physical or some kind of Hollywood hot pink firework love. But there is a connection there deeper than friendship or a brother-sister type deal. Cortana is a computer program, gives Chief his humanity. Chief is the one soldier who can protect Cortana throughout the series. They need each other and they'll sacrifice anything for each other. So that's, that's a good one. You know, the Cortana and Master Chief. How do you yeah. guys feel about that? There's nothing more romantic than a tech bro and his Siri. How dare you, John? How <laughs> dare you? Nothing, nothing more romantic than that. Have you ever seen... um? 
the movie her no it's 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 interesting in that um i mean it it really addresses i think issues that are going to be prevalent in the next 50 years as technology gets more advanced and we start seeing um robots and androids possibly and cyborgs anything or as we're moving progressing towards those stages and maybe these these machines are integrated with some type of personality program uh, and maybe they're even given sentience at some point yeah is is that is that viable for love yes. like who knows yes. like you you know yeah i mean you, you you look at something like just at social media right now and how ridiculous people are up in arms about sex bots and about how like oh, come on. uh Let just their sex well, bots. They're, they're, well what, whatever whatever it's their business i don't care but it's just like you, you can see have. the camps being like well well the sex bots can't love you when then other camps are like well yeah that's exactly the best part about it it's just like well, you know, it's 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 a it's a topic that's indirectly and directly hot now. It's like can you can you love something that may not look exactly like us, that may not have the the level of consciousness or sentience as we do. And I think that that is a cool way to look look at romance with the mm-hmm. the Cortana and Master Chief thing and it even goes beyond like physical and it becomes more emotional and mental and even in some regards in that game i think it becomes spiritual mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah you know yeah yeah it's funny they mentioned that which i've never liked that just because it's whatever it's halo but um yeah kind of on that same note though um the romance and digital uh, a love story um is really good it's really good it's it's a similar sort of uh i still need to play that thing. oh yeah you do it's a it's a free game you can uh just download it online and it's it's really good it's just it's a text-based game where you're basically oh, wait, I playing did play on... that i did, did play you? that oh cool yeah you sent it to me years ago and i played it i briefly remember that that's crazy that he's literally like i i played it i barely remember mm. play- i did it's been a while yeah. it's been a while it was back in well, it's been forever. It's been forever, but yeah, yeah, yeah I I remember that it was like 2011 or 2012. Digital, yeah. a love story. Well, I mean, that's the idea of the AI thing has been thrown around quite a bit. But I mean, that's why I was I sent the movie Her to Shay, and he hasn't watched it yet. But I'm trying to get him to watch it because it's very, very good, and they they play on that in interesting ways. But like, if you noticed, they started to sexualize Cortana. Like, remember in Halo Four? Like she, I still remember yeah. watching that clueless that clueless gamer with Conan O'Brien, and he was just like perving out over Cortana because they like gave her a fully holographic like sexualized body uh, in Halo Four, which I thought was interesting. Um, but uh-huh. that was the they 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 because they had always had a good relationship, but they just felt like they wanted to give the player that more of a sexual aspect, which I thought just it's fascinating because she's just a hologram. It's like but things have like moved to the next level. It's time she had yeah. nipples. Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. Yeah. The, the psycholo- psychology of that. But I actually like their relationship a lot. I like the idea of, because I believe, personally for me, I believe love is a choice. I think there's a lot of things about infatuation that's biological, but it always fades. I believe that actually loving someone is a choice. So the idea that you could fall in love with an AI or something like that to me is is very blue. So go watch the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. I promise you it'll change your life. And if if I'm wrong, 
then you could chop my dick off. Um, so that's not any sort of guarantee. Uh, let's see a couple more quick. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch her right now. You just want to chop it. You just want to chop it off, don't you? Uh, question for fish. I like to give fish rapid fire awkward questions. Rapid fire fish. You win a lot of money and your wife is okay with it. Would you buy a sex robot? Yes or no? No. You're lying. I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> you. They're so much more expensive give- than a nice couch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good throwback joke. It's <laughs> a good throwback. Um, you could buy so many couches with that type of money. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast right now, think about it. If your loved one was okay with it and you had the expendable income, would you buy a sex robot? <sighs> also, if you or a loved one you know has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call the number <laughs> below on your screen. <laughs> I don't know what mesothelioma is, but... <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that just a made-up thing, or is that real? No, it's real. Shay's laughing on the webcam. It's a very real thing. Don't <laughs> tell me what it is. <laughs> I don't know every disease. Come on, give me a break. Um, Garcia81 said Mario and Peach. Um, he lets her get kidnapped over and over again just so they can spice things up in the bedroom. That's exactly what's going on. Um, <laughs> now they're bringing Bowser in. They're get they're getting uh they're becoming swingers. That's what Mario Odyssey let me. Oh, they're gonna bring Bowser in there. Um, the Red Dragon, the Red Dragonin said Mass Effect not just for the romance but the relationships in general. There were several times where I had to set my controller down and walk away and think about our choices and decisions. We talked about that earlier. Um, and, uh, Mario Corrales said that he actually did talk about this on his podcast, which I believe is the number one failed man podcast. And he said, uh, his favorite pick was one that I hadn't thought about in forever guys. Alan Wake. Do you guys remember Alan Wake? Good God. That mm-hmm. was a long time ago. Between Alan and his publisher. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was my favorite <laughs> yeah, Alan- romance in that game. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember that game enough to comment on it, but it said Alan and his wife, Alan. <gasps> Holy shit, I just thought of one. My mind just exploded. Shay, Dead Space. Wasn't Isaac going after his wife in, in Dead Space? That's right. Oh, yeah, that that's, was good. That's a, that was a good one because like that's the whole driving force come to find out that um, at the end of the first one that uh, you've just been hearing... Her voice, and she's been dead this whole time, and then that yeah, sets off the second game where you're insane. Man, that's, that's a really good one. That's a tragic end. To that is, I that is a really good one. It is because that whole time you're playing that game, yeah. you're searching for her, and the madness. Oh man, that's a good choice. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that mm-hmm. just came to my head the last second there. I'm so proud of myself. Um, anyways, I think that covered it. I wanted to get, especially if someone left a new comment that I I missed before. Um, t- I didn't want to to leave him out. Our good friend Bad Zach said Final Fantasy X, which again, Final Fantasy X is one that I need to spend some more time with because I just don't. It didn't stick out that much to me. I was more of a Luna. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Lulu. I was more of a Lulu guy. So it's hard for me to. Yeah, Lulu. Lulu. Have you guys ever noticed that if you like another character in the RPG, it's harder to get wrapped up in the main romance because you're like, ah, I that's like true. You. But but ten to uh, Lulu and Waka end up together, which is why Lulu mm-hmm. isn't in the three female party in X2 and it's uh mm. um and Waka. Riki Waka and Yuna mm. and uh the new girl I can't remember her name I don't buy that romance Lulu and Waka Waka I loved Waka in my party but I mean he was kind of a dum-dum wasn't he he was no, a big happy he was the only other person from the same town he was Gronk he was the Gronkowski <laughs> yeah 
Like yeah. her choices really were, you know, imaginary guy or, you know, cat. Waka. Yeah. Or, she felt like, yeah. oh, Waka's got a good body. It could be worse, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got a good hair. Yeah. He's got, he does have great like hair. It's, it's, it's that or one of <laughs> the other haircut, NPCs 20... <laughs> that for some reason seem to be about two feet shorter than everyone else. Yeah, And I that know, just, right? you know, that's not going to work. So. Best Waka would have won our Best Hair Award for 2004. Um, let's see. 2002. Was it 2002? Fuck. It's been close. a while. Anyways, uh, if I forgot your comment, I'm sorry. We'll have other questions down the road. Thanks, everyone, for such an incredible discussion. It's a lot of fun. And uh, leads us right into Shadow of the Colossus, which we can all talk about. Because even though Josh is being stubborn and did not play the remake, he's played the original Shadow of the Colossus. Fish devoured the remake in two days, and Shay is about halfway through Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, correction. One day. One day. Oh, God. That's... Mm-hmm. Okay, so Fish, we have a new Fish. He quit one of his jobs, and now he's an animal. He is a fucking animal right now. Um, oh, yeah. I love Beast it. Beast mode. No. Actually, no, I took a vacation, some oh, vacation time with my job, so okay. yeah, that's why I was able to devour it so quickly. Wait, but, yeah, yeah. I, I beat Shadow of the Colossus on hard hard mode. You get to actually Damn, oh, you beat it on hard. Mode. Nice. That's nice yeah. that they allow you to pick it right from the start. Yes, yes, I like that. I was like, I was, I was kind of iffy because I, Morgan got it before me and he was playing through it and I asked him, I was like, hey, what are you playing on? And he was like, oh, I'm playing on easy. I was like, oh, you <laughs> sick of me. <laughs> Then I, easy then as I, in <laughs> easier than the normal mode that was in the original? Yeah, yes. easy. It's not it's not a hard game, Josh. Wow. I, I know right it's now. I've I've played it. What would easy I'll even be? I'll defend myself in a they moment. They give you an extra two arms and five times the stamina bar? Like what's <laughs> God damn it, fish. Why are you trying to exp- I don't, Sorry. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just sick of that you play that game. Hashtag exposed. Hey, who be Cuphead on expert? Huh? That's yeah. true. That's last that's, year, that's buddy. Surprising. That's last year. No one cares. That's last year. He's gonna past. coast on that for the rest of his life. <laughs> right? The rest of I know. Life. I think I think after um Shadow of the Colossus, all three of us should go back to Cuphead and beat it on expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't be able to do it. Yeah, do I gave it. up because they had a few issues that hadn't been patched, although I think they have now. So There's it's no about issues. time I could go through and perfect it. Josh, I don't, I don't I want excuses. I want results. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Josh. I'll go through and perfect it. I'm already about halfway there. Oh, yeah. So. We'll see if you will. You fucked up, Morgan. Anything that's happening in the few weeks is being put to the wayside as I personally will beat Cuphead on Expert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's. See. It's you know. It's a, a distinguished oh. club. Shay, we can smoke cigars and sit around and talk about it. But until you're in the club, I'm smoking alone in here. All right. <laughs> I'm ordering a bunch of pizza, but I'm the only one eating it. You know what I'm saying? So. You don't have to order it. You just take yeah. it from work. No, that's true. I don't. Want, I don't want people to know. <laughs> that sounds so sad. <laughs> but let's let's just edit that out. I don't want people to know where I work. It's private. Um. But yeah. So. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying. I did. Oh, um, but yeah. So the the idea there with Shadow of the Colossus is that we all have cool perspectives on it now. And I'll throw it to you. I'm curious, Shay. Your so you never played Shadow of the Colossus at all? Did you like even in fits and starts? Or what's your story here? Actually, it's going to be funny because I'm surprised you forgot this I years did. ago. Oh, um, in my house, you had me come my over. Yep, yeah, at yeah. your place with with your now ex wife. Um. I think I, you had me play through the very first um, Gar- or, uh, Colossus. 
Yes. And yeah, yeah, I played. That's the only bit I played through it. Okay. Um, so I know I know the general premise, and this is uh, the guys know this, so this is funny for the listeners. I actually ended up instead of buying it digitally, I actually went out and bought the game at one of my store, one of the stores here in Japan, because unlike America. In Japan, when you sell games back, you actually get a decent amount of money for it. So if I if I can beat this game here in the next day or two, I'll probably get at least half my money back, if not more. Oh, and okay, yeah. So I'm, uh, anyways. Uh, it, but I so I bought the Japanese version, and it's all in Japanese. For some reason, the <laughs> PS4 won't set it to English. Uh, no matter what I've done, uh, there's nothing online that says how to fix that. So I'm playing through the game in Japanese. I have no, I, like I said, I know the basic idea of what's going on through the story, but anytime there's dialogue, I have no fucking idea what's going on. Um, like when you're fighting the enemies and they say stuff, I have no idea what's going on. In order to understand the controls, because I was trying to figure out how to climb at the beginning and I couldn't figure it out, I had to look it up online uh, <laughs> because I don't understand enough Japanese yet. Yeah, that's but, frustrating. I'm sorry about that, uh, no, it's all good. It's in a way I kind of like it because it's it's almost like to me it's almost like hyper light drifter where I'm playing through the story and even though there's technically dialogue to me I'm only being told this by uh audio and pictures at this point. I'm not yeah, being yeah. told yeah. by dialogue and it's kind of mm. cool because I can infer what's going Mysterious. on basically. Yeah. Well basically, yeah. you know, well, the woman there's something has happened to her and then I have to, you know, fight these colossi for some reason. And yeah. um as each each one um as I um defeat each one, he's checking on his significant other, I presume. Uh and there was, you know, it's like each time the situation becomes a little bit more dire time is running out hurry the fuck up kill you know it's cool yeah yeah that's pretty much the premise of it yeah you're not really missing a lot i think there's 40 lines of dialogue in the entire game and 20 of them are in the opening cutscene. Well, and and Um, 20 of them are like go kill this colossus he's in the forest bye (laughs) so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the end actually describes once a once a shaman comes into um, the story at the end, he actually no gives spoilers, you more light no of what spoilers, he did. no spoilers, yeah. yeah, no spoilers, not yet. Wow, twelve hour game. Well, it actually it is a game that came out. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. I, I didn't pay attention to be honest with you. I was um, I'm playing Shining Force two right at the moment, so I actually God damn it, Shay, put that away. <laughs> Well, here, the reason why is because I knew there's going to be spoilers during this. So anytime I start oh. to hear a spoiler, I tune it out and focus on the game. We, uh, okay. I mean, no more spoilers. It, it is an old game, but I don't just okay. in case people are interested in the remake. I don't want to do spoilers yet. Um, but all the spoilers happen in the very end of the game anyway. So it's like you'll play 90 percent of it. and It's just a, you kill Colossus. That's all you do. That's the whole game. So. That's true. That's true. I mean, like, like yeah. Josh said, there's not much dialogue. Um, yeah, it's the game's been really fun. I can see why a lot of people like it. Um, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm sure the old game looked good, um, but the new game looks phenomenal. 
Like you can tell that it was, you know, you can tell it was remastered with like the facial animations and stuff like that. But like the environments look so gorgeous. It reminded me, um, actually of, and this is for any really old listeners. When we first started out, like very first started out, I had actually went to do some study work in Oregon and I was walking through all these, like this foliage in these fields and playing this game reminded me of that it's like identical environments and i was like wow this yeah this is so beautiful Mm. yeah the amount of detail they put into this game like as far as like forestry and like old ruins of like some sort of temples or whatever like they do a really good job of making it uh, making it look like it's really alive like I was walking through a forest and there's like a yes. stream just going through it and like there's leaves on the ground. Then you see like a fallen branch um, and it's not like a big old log just sitting on the ground. It's like just like a regular old branch from a tree and like there, there's just so much detail they put in to all the different stuff that they put in that game that made that game feel so much alive and beautiful and almost realistic. And I got that from the first time I played that game on the PS2. but seeing it on the ps4 like kind of blew my mind and had like a deeper appreciation for that game um and yeah the the graphics definitely do hold up and i think blue point which is a studio that um uh, well it doesn't really make sense to say the graphics hold up because they're not the same graphics but i get what you're saying the the core concept of like the world the deep- well, the thing is, is Blue Point did not mess with any of the actual like coding in the game. They just they upres all the textures in the game, so it's technically just like an upresing of a game. Like everything else, like physics wise, mm. and everything else uh, is still in the game. My one thing that I don't like about the game that they didn't like update was like the character animations. Like when you see um, Wander um, as he's grabbing onto Colossus, like he's it, it definitely feels like an older um mid 2000s type of uh character in the way he kind of like jumps around you know he's kind of clunky yeah a little clunky yeah and you see it more uh towards the end of the game when other characters come into play um but yeah that was just spoiler one thing. alert <laughs> just kidding it's okay um, no, it's interesting. I remember the funny thing about this game is I remember thinking when jo- when we played Last Guardian and we were all bummed out about it that it was fucked up. I was like, it's not fair. The Last Guardian should have been on the PS2 and the Shadow of the Colossus should have been on the PS4 because it was beyond its time. It was so ambitious for its time. The PS2 could barely handle it. And I remember just being upset about that. So when they announced this remake, I'm like, this is perfect because the game deserves this. They didn't really tamper with anything except a couple things like the jump buttons in a better spot now. Um, and I actually still think it controls great. The My only real quibble with like the way it plays is that there's still things about it that can be awkward. Like on the third Colossus, in the game you're like climbing up its side and you have to like jump sideways to like the mid part of its body there's platforming in the game that's just awkward sometimes um because of it's so ambitious i mean that's true you're right though i mean like some of the some for me uh it was interesting seeing this game because it made me realize that controlling uh, a creature in this game that this company's never been good at that because 
the the horse was Agro. Is that his name? Yeah, he controls yeah. as bad as Trico. He controls. No, no, that's really not, bad sometimes. No, he really does. He really does not control great. He it's not terrible, but mm. it's it's not great. I mean, it feels like a two thousands level game when you're controlling the horse. Have you played um, the? I, I played I've, Zelda, and it was horses don't control good at all. <laughs> they, I think it's just a horse thing, man. I don't know. Witcher Three did a really good job with horse mm. controlling a horse. A very wasn't very it auto good job. like the Witcher Three? You just get on like a path and you click ride, and the horse would just stay on the path, kind of a thing. Yeah. I took so, I took off the beaten path a lot. Yeah, oh. it's like in war games. And it controlled well. Only way to win is not to play with horses. Yes, <laughs> never play with horses. Mm-hmm. That's eh, maybe, but um, the I lost my train of thought because we went on a tangent about <laughs> horses. Well, I would say this, Shay. I don't know if you noticed the um, the, the uh, those clunky moments aside. I still feel like the game holds up really well. I will. I'll defend my easy thing. Okay, I the well, reason. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Hold on. Wait, how on. easy is it? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll go, ahead, Shay, we'll go, go to ahead. that in a second. The thing I wanted to say was that. Um, because it's uh, Morgan's topic is completely different from uh, what we're about to talk about, but it's nice to see this game not be completely remastered, like the physics engine and everything out of it. Because for me, since I didn't play the first one or the original, um, it's nice to see where a lot of games got their inspiration from, like the Assassin's Creed, mm. the oh, yeah. Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. All those games, uh, Uncharted, all those games that have climbing elements in it. And granted, they could have been before Shadow of the Colossus, but it clearly to me looks like, from my memory, Shadow of the Colossus brought it to the next level. Um, hair. So, mm-hmm. You climb hair. I think, you climb fur. Come on, man. <laughs> you climb vines and fur and just random platforms. And I don't. I don't agree with you, Morgan, that it was ahead of its time because those mechanics influence so many different games um, that if it hadn't come out when it did, I think it it came out exactly right when it needed to because if if it didn't, we would not have a lot of game series or they would have been, they would have looked very different than they do now. Um, So I'm honestly thankful that it came out when it did. And I'm happy that it has been remastered because it is, yeah. Yeah. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Shay. Like, it, them keeping all of that intact as far as, like, the physics and um, the gameplay goes, um, I, I like that fact that they did not tamper with that one bit because it felt exactly like the original on the PS2. Um, so much so that, like, the, the new control scheme, um, they changed it from holding on to it with R1 to R2 and like it was it was just like a, like my memory of that game like just took over and like muscle memory kept making me want to press R1 to hold on to the Colossus yeah. I was like what the fuck I haven't yeah I just switch it back a decade I just switch it back so you'd you yeah. not get yeah you could do that in the game really too. I yeah, yeah I didn't even remember that I just go right to R2 I didn't I don't remember that wow that's that's interesting yeah cool yeah I do like that fact that they did keep all that intact. Um, keep the purity just so, of it. Yeah, just so people can, uh, uh, you know, uh, experience what a lot of people played back in in the PS2 era, and just yeah. see how that that 
I think that gameplay still holds up to this day. Like, even if you haven't played this game, like, I think you would genuinely be impressed by this game. Um, just from the beauty of it, like looking at a Colossus, like that third Colossus where you're like on that that platform, like just looking at it, it's like silhouetted by like this big open sky and the sun. Like it, there's such gorgeous moments in that game. Yeah. Um, given to these Colossus, and whenever you look at them, it's just like you're just in awe of how big they are, and like they're animated so well, too. And like, would you say that they're colossal? In scale? Mm, no, I would say they were big. Okay. Mm. Just no. curious. No. I, uh, I, Josh turned his head in disgust. I will say this. Um, Josh, you're really missing out. I know you're abject to try and avoid this thing because... You, you keep saying it's... that, and I've already told you that the reason I haven't played it is because no mail has gotten here in the last couple of days. Oh, you! Or- I didn't know that you ordered it. What did you get from Gamefly? Yeah, I, it's oh. it was shipped oh, okay. out at the beginning of the week and should have oh, okay. got here a day or two later, but well, still not here. Yeah. Still well, not here because of all the weather. Got some Amazon orders that are also late, so. Oh, I'm with you, man. It's, yeah. Now you get the snow life. I ordered a near shirt and it's like a week late because of all the snow. So I mm-hmm. don't know. <sighs> yep. One of those things. Well, I mean, I, I'm i surprised, Josh, I didn't know that, but that's cool that you're going to... I mean, might as well. There's nothing else right now. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to have it anyway, just because, I mean, I still have all my PS2 games. I can still bust up my PS2 to play stuff, because those old machines hold up. Like, you can just yeah. turn those things on, and they play just fine. But But it would be nice to be able to just turn on the PS4 and play it as well and, and, and so. it's just so it looks so good josh that's the thing i think the reason why this is connected with me more than the crash remake is that first of all i think the game is obviously much better but um the visual style they kept it's crazy how much they nailed the exact look of that game while upscaling it like crash i don't know how to explain it like on the PS4, it looked fine, but I remember thinking, like, I wish it was cel-shaded or, like, had that level of craft like a Nintendo game or something. You know what I mean? I would just wish, like, I would imagine that Crash was a cartoon character and it would pop off the screen. And, like, there was just something about the PS4 remake of Crash to me that felt just kind of safe or meh. You know what I mean? It, it almost felt soulless, like, because you play, the, you play the originals and it has a lot of character to it. And... I appreciate what they did in terms of realness in the Crash remake, but it just feels soulless. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, sterile. Sterile would probably, I think sterile is a better word. Soulless is too harsh. Sterile is yeah. a much better way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And this does not feel that way at all, in my opinion. So I, I've been blown away just by how gorgeous it looks. Just traverse. I will. Um, I was wondering, like, what are you guys some of your favorite Colossus, your standout moments for you? Like I, like this time playing through, I will say this. The reason I'm playing on easy is because the sword you're you're wielding is supposed to be like this magical sword that helps you find their weak points and damages them. And I never liked the idea that I had to stab them like a hundred times. And it's also more violent and morbid that way because these poor creatures you have to stab them to death. But on easy, you only have to stab them in their weak point like two or three times and they're down. So it makes the sword feel more majestic and powerful. That's that, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You don't I also hit them like that to many times. This is for my ineptitude. Yeah. I don't know about hard mode, but like on normal, <laughs> you still only hit him, hit a hit him a couple times. Uh, so. About five. 
on hard mode actually they, there's another there's yeah they add we add another insignia yeah. on oh, each colossus yeah. yeah so you really murder those fuckers you sick bastard well some of them are tough like the six colossus like i had trouble with that one and I checked my time on how long is that it the took beard? Is actually, that the bearded colossus? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a beard one. It's because you're afraid of beards. Easy. You saw that beard, and you're like, I'm I not crawling be. up this guy's beard. No, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Actually, I crawled up his beard the first time, got the one on his head, yeah. and then I forgot. I was like, "Where's the other one?" And I had to pull out my sword, look for the other insignia, and it was on his hand. Oh, weird. And yeah, and he has this weird animation where he he bends over, looks at you. And right before he's about to hit the wall to try and knock you out of where you're hiding, um, his his left hand, where the insignia is on, goes down lower to where you can jump on it. And I could not jump on it to save my life because it's such a quick animation where he flattens out his hand to make the hit and then goes back is up. Is that just it. hard mode? Like exclusive yeah. to hard mode? Well, the insignia is on his hand. I could have just crawled back on his beard a second time and then go from his shoulder down to his arm and to his hand yeah. to get that one point. But I wanted to try and get it from oh, okay. um, from the, from the just going straight to his hand. And that that's kind of the beauty of this game is, like, you, there's different ways of tackling each of one of these colossus. Yeah. Um, because the physics are so well done. And, like, like, there's certain things, like, I don't know if you guys seen video of it, but, like, the third colossus... Um, it, it, whenever he throws down his sword, you could jump on top of it, and there's a there's a slow frame, there's a quick little frame where if you jump at the right moment, mm-hmm. it'll actually fling you up towards his head, and you could grab on from there. Oh, weird! Having, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You just skip the whole yeah, Colossus, just fly right up onto his skull. Man, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in that game that you could do. That, the third um, Colossus is kind of a showpiece for the game because he slaps his sword on the ground. And like you have to swim out through this lake to get to him, and the scale of him is just huge. And he's mm-hmm. also a little clunky when you have to jump from piece to piece to him. So I think like the third Colossus is like a perfect encapsulation of that game for me. Yeah, yeah, I think the developers were pretty proud of that one. But but I will say this: there's oh, I don't want to ruin it for Shay because he's not. He's I'll, you're only on what like the ninth or the eighth one. Ninth. I'll take my earbuds out and then signal when you're done. No, no, it's it's fine. It's not that important. It's not that important. I was just gonna. Um, there's, it, it, I don't know. It's for, for another day. It's not. It's not that important that we spoil exact Colossus. I don't think. Um, but I mean, overall, Shay. I mean, are you buying into the hype of like the quality of this game after all these years? Do you think it's a little underrated, overrated? It's all right. What, how are you feeling overall? I think that um, having gone through halfway through the game. Um, it's it's a good game. It's a very good game. I think that I could see why it was so hyped for its time. It it did th- it during that time. I would have thought that it's doing things that I hadn't seen in gaming before. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it'd be a little bit more impacting on me, or impactful rather, if I n- knew exactly like the dialogue, could hear voices. And I could feel that tension and heartbreak yeah, that's actually fun. happening. But that being said, I, I, I'm really enjoying the game. Um, I was initially getting frustrated with trying to find all these colossi in the uh, environment. And then I just realized it's a puzzle or it's like a little maze. Basically, I got to figure out how to access them. So 
just approach it in that manner and it's made the game more fun i'm I'm really enjoying it a lot i really am um as soon as we're done if i have a little bit of time today i definitely want to beat one or two more colossi Mm. yeah it's it's really fun i'm enjoying the game a lot yeah yeah I'm looking forward to going back through it again, especially now that I know I can go right through on hard, because yeah. oh, it's so much better on hard. Josh. Yeah, well, uh, I, yeah, nor- I, I enjoy playing it through that way, difficult. but yeah. like I didn't want to have to play through it twice in order to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not about the cha- uh, like the challenge per se. It's just about like. The efficiency of you're just finding weak spots and killing the main. Says man, the is, guy oh, who is bragging oh, about beating whatever. Cuphead on expert efficiency. See, Cuphead is about the gameplay. This game is more about the experience. It's more about the experience. Oh, it's a puzzle. No, it's a harder it's puzzle when it's on hard. That's true. That, I'll give you that. Like you said, the pieces on his hand that does sound more interesting. Like I wish that I could get all those pieces, but like less stabs. I don't want to sit there and stab him fifteen times, and I know that's what hard is. So, well, um, that's. That's where the efficiency comes in. You have to balance between your grip meter and stabbing them. And if yeah. you can get back to a safe safe spot where you can recuperate that, um, mm-hmm. your grip. Yeah, it um, becomes much more about getting off one really good hit. Yeah, harder. Yeah, because they're flailing around. Yeah, like a lot getting one well. fully charged hit can pr- almost knock out one of those weak spots until you get to like the main one, like yeah. one good hit so um well i i forget how that was in the old one but um in this remake like you got to get at least four or five really good charged up hits to take out insignia on hard mode yeah i mean it used to be you could charge up a lot and if you were like fully charged it would do a ton ton of damage Mm. to those things i've done Uh, a, a little little tip uh you could actually do a jumping stab which takes less time to charge up, but does as much damage as a charge up. Oh, so you can jump and stab from... Oh, nice. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Well, that's that's um, handy. And you know what? Uh, I used to have this one trick for one of the Colossus. I don't know if Shay got to him. It's uh, it's like the lizard one. Um, Did you get that far? I just, I just beat that one before we started okay. podcasting. Yeah. It's the one in the well, arena? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that one was if a I bitch. Recall, if I recall correctly, I could have sworn in the original PS2 one, I remember knocking him off and he would fall on his back. Uh-huh. And I remember I could jump off of the highest point and just come down with one big giant strike on him. And I tried doing that in the remake and I couldn't do it. Um, but it was like the most epic Are you me you, you jumped off the top of the Coliseum and you struck him as you were... F- that sounds crazy, yes. yeah. Yeah, it, huh. it's fucking cool as hell if you could pull it off. But yeah, um, I didn't see that. I I tried numerous times whenever I was going through on hard mode and could not replicate that. So I wonder if maybe they took that out or something. He also takes a maybe. crazy amount of fall damage. That for that skinny little guy, he can fall from like a thirty-story building and not die. It cracks me up. Like that. Yeah, that <laughs> dude has got some. Uh, yeah, and maybe just the developer, the developers felt that it, that particular part was a little OP and nerfed it. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but too. it felt so good though. Yeah, yeah that was. I remember that though, and that he he does not fall particularly reliably. So just depending mm. on the way he falls, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember that in the original sometimes. You couldn't jump anywhere near him, and you'd have to just run out to him because he'd be way out in the middle sometimes when he'd fall. Um, you know, there's this mm-hmm. there's this weird thing where there no one knows what it is yet, but there are these coins you can find in the remake, and they're only in the remake, and yeah. they're called the no for they're thinking it's for a special colossus called the Nomad Colossus, but apparently you can do all this crazy shit to find these seventy nine coins, and if you do it, something's gonna happen, but nobody knows what it is yet because no one's found them all. So I've been reading up a lot on to Kotaku about it today, and that sounds fucking rad. So Josh, if you figure it out or something. Uh, hmm. Or somebody else does. They'll probably just watch it on YouTube. But if they added like their yeah. own Colossus in there, that would be fucking cool. That would be so cool. That would be yeah. really cool. I didn't even know that they had collectibles until uh, today yeah. because I was I was roaming around and I found one of the shrines and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I saw a lizard with a, sh- a shiny tail and I was like, what "The fuck is that?" <laughs> a shiny mm-hmm. tail. So, yep. yeah, so I, I, I looked up. Tail. I looked up. Yeah, yeah the, the collectibles, collectibles in this game, in the original as well, they didn't tell anyone what they were. Yeah. yeah. And you just had to figure yeah. it out. They don't tell you in-game. Mm-hmm. There's There wasn't even much talk about it out of game either. Um, yeah, I don't know if you found it yet. It sounds like you found the lizards. There is also yes. fruit you can eat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I found that out after looking it up, that, mm-hmm. yeah, there are fruit you can eat throughout the yeah. game. See, I beat that game without any internet access whatsoever, and I feel like I feel like you're cheating there, Shay. You're <laughs> cheating your experience. Oh my god, you fucking humble brag motherfuckers. I beat experts like Fish, I beat Shadow the Colossus without the internet. Well, I wanted to know what the fucking lizard tails were, because I saw some shining and some weren't, so I was like, what the fuck is this? That's all I did. Just, just look up the collectibles. Up. Fish, stay strong. Stay strong in your opinion. Don't don't <laughs> bend. Come on. I, I guess it's more of a nostalgia for the game. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I, I hold that game very yeah. very high on my list as far as games that are were impactful yeah. for me growing up. He's just and, saying there's mystery to sort of discovering those things and not knowing what they were. Shay, that's yeah. all I'm saying. That's true. I can't wait to climb that's the true. tower in the remake. Just like just like Final Fantasy VII, if you looked up how to get the quad magic material or the Knights of the Round, you are a cheap motherfucker. Mm, or the Golden Chocobo, man. Oh, that's to get. The or the Golden Chocobo, which is how you get Knights of the Round. Everyone looked up the Golden Chocobo. Come on, you're come goddamn on. right. You're goddamn right. Um, I will say the only thing I've noticed about the game differently as an adult is that the. It just feels a little imbalanced from the story perspective because I always love the the vagueness of the mystery of the romance. Like, he brings this girl in there, and Shay, you're not missing a lot. I know it's in Japanese, but you don't know why she's there, and you know it's something happened to her, and it's obviously someone that cares he cares about. You're assuming it's his girlfriend, but it could be a sister. It's kind of nebulous, right? Um, and every time you kill a Colossus, it immediately goes right into a new Colossus fight. And I just wish that every two or three Colossus, there was like a small flashback or something because I don't really have a reason to care. Like I talked about this earlier. I don't have a real reason to care for this girl. The game wants me to do it. The only reason I'm proceeding is because I want to see the next Colossus and the game is mysterious. And I know the ending of the game has some pretty cool revelations, but it just feels empty. It's just Colossus, 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 Colossus. It needed more something. 
in the middle. No, it didn't. That's, no, it didn't. That's weird that's that you say that. Game. That's weird that you say that, Morgan, because I remember, and I'm not meaning this to like call you out or be rude. I remember when we played Limbo back in the day, um, mm-hmm. you, you loved that game and you defended it against Josh until the day you died. And that game has even less of a story than this game. Yeah, and it's so also it's interesting. There's also no, it's a good point. That's a good point. And I thought about this a lot. Same with um Inside or something like that. Um it, and like you guys know in like vagueness, like the ending to No Country for Old Man, it's like, I don't know what happened. Did he get away? Is he alive? Is he... But I think it's context, right? Limbo is a two hour game. Like I you i I've already put like six hours into the yeah. Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus part. is about a two hour game too. Oh no, it's not, Josh. It's uh, <laughs> for a freak, but yeah, it took me se- it took me seven hours to beat yeah. it on hard and I was looking at the trophies and if you beat it at like five hours and forty minutes, you actually get the speed demon trophy. Um if you beat it on hard underneath that time. Mm. Um, and you felt sad that and you if didn't I, get if it. I, You're like, ah, not yeah, the speed felt, demon. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if yeah, it's, I had it's more than that two hours before I started playing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just giving Morgan crap because I think I, a couple of the fights, I don't think you can do them faster than about 20 minutes, and there's 16 yeah. of them. So, yeah, there's no well, way it would be under two hours. But, I, yeah. I guess I'm not saying I want the game to tell me exactly what's going on. I just wish there was little somethings in between, like uh, a little, like sh- Glass yeah. Guardian there's had only, these things. Two of them, I think. I think it's like after six and then after 12 or something. No, I beat six. There's nothing. There's like, after you beat them, there's just a bunch of shadow guys that huddle around your body. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. When you beat six, there's a really short 10-second clip where he thinks she's waking up, and then he realizes that she's not. Yeah. Um, But, like, I just wanted something there for me to think about. Like, I don't need you to tell me why. Just, like, little pieces of a broken story that we can all sit around as friends and speculate about. Something to, to, you know, because other than that, it's just, it just feels a little too hollow. It's intentional. The world is hollow. It's a somber experience. It's supposed to be empty and desolate. I just feel like it's a little too... Um, if you play the game rapidly in succession, it can be kind of a grind because it's just colossus after colossus after. I just wanted a little more. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you play it like that, like, yeah, you'll definitely get that sense, that feeling. But if you if you're exploring that whole world, like, if you're not racing to the next colossus, um, granted, you're immediately told um, where to go by your sword, mm-hmm. and it points you to where you're supposed to go, but. Um, if you know about the collectibles, like you, you can essentially get lost exploring that yeah. world. Yeah, well, you can get lost too. Sometimes the, the sword will point in one direction, but you actually have to zig and zag in a oh, bunch yeah. of weird fucking. Like me and Fish yeah. played the game before, so I feel like I know what I'm doing in a bit of an unfair. Like it's muscle memory. I haven't played this game since I was a kid. Like I was 19 years old, but I remember all of this shit. It's weird. Like it's just flooding mm-hmm. back to me. Yeah, I got that same feeling. I was just like, whoa. I could do this. I remember. Oh, if I did this to this or to this Colossus, I can get him over here or whatever. And yeah, you're learning all the tricks. I will say, yeah, that that worked against my against me as far as my experience goes. With I think it was the fourteenth Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, not to ruin anything, but that one was pretty straightforward. It, it's the one where he the Colossus is constantly chasing you around like a little obstacle course yeah yeah and when i when i first did that like that one was a grueling event then by the time i fi- i was finally able to get to his insignia um 
it, it was such a big accomplishment. And my second, my recent of playing it through the remake was that that fight actually felt the most hollow of all the experiences. Did you knew exactly what to do? <laughs> it, yeah, I knew exactly what to yeah. do, and what you were doing was pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's not a lot of AI involved in that one. You're not figuring out yeah. things on the fly. It's just the puzzle of where to go. And once you know that, that one does. Yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. Once you know it, you just do it. There's not really a lot to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. the Colossus just shows that shows its hand by showing that it'll headbutt anything. So yeah, yeah. At that point, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I hope I remember that one because I remember that one being a bitch. Um, I definitely. What's the guy that makes these games, Josh? You're more familiar than what's the director's name? Um, you. Yeah, it's Fumito Ueda, or okay. or okay. vice yes, versa. Right. Yes, so. yes. He. I don't know if this is a ma- I after playing it, I it's definitely his master work, but. Is it a masterpiece? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the age-old question that we've already yeah. argued about for many hours before. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I the only thing, the only thing I really have against it is that I feel like it really overshadows Eco unfairly because I feel like that game is a lot better than people gave it credit for after Shadow of the Glasses came out. Um, Ugh, I don't know, man. Eco was just an S like a. Eight hour escort mission, man. I could never I could never get behind it as much as you. I, I just I just couldn't. I, I there's nothing wrong with it. Like the ending of Eco is really cool, but I don't you just carry that girl around by the hand, it's very sweet, but I just I don't know, for me it was just a little dull, but I know there are people that love Eco and you're one of them. Um but I wonder if you'd still love it today, Josh. What about an Eco remake? <laughs> I'll play that. Would you? Did you ever play yeah. Eco the original yeah. one fish? Uh, I played like the first two or three screens of that game, I guess. Mm. But why did yeah. you play the first two or three screens? Uh, it was on PSN now, and yeah, I didn't mm. get into it. Oh, I couldn't it's get on PSN. Well, yeah. So yeah. if you want to check out Eco, yeah. well, they Eco at its time felt a little cooler too because it was one of the first PlayStation Two games. So I remember like it had this kind of special feeling to it because the PlayStation Two is still in its infancy. So, um, yeah, but it was all right. It was good. I know Josh is a big lover of eco and I know it does get overshadowed. I agree with you on that. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a, the sh- when you're a Colossus, you cast a very big shadow. Come on. Come on. That was, that was all right. It was all right. Um, well, maybe we'll check in a little more next week. I want to finish it. Josh is going to get it, and then Shay's going to spend some more time with it, I know. So we've been good at checking back up on these things. Don't miss it. I will say this. If you've never played it and you have a PS4, it's $40. Do not miss this game. The music is also fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to beat that to a bloody pulp, but oh my god, the music is fucking incredible. It's so good. I think I think that's one thing we didn't really talk about that we can talk about next time is the sound production in this game. I think that would be a good conversation for next yeah. week yeah sound in general sound in general like the music yeah. and just the overall sound design the, love that horse clippity clop clickety clop <laughs> and again yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 don't suck me into more um so the po- two polls i ran this week on the instagram one briefly is i'm trying to goat fish into playing donkey kong country with me on twitch um because now that he's only he shedded one of his jobs and he's on vacation. I figured it would be the perfect time 
to for to introduce fish to Donkey Kong Country. Um, and I, but I asked the people of the Instagram, and it did came back pretty high, about seventy five to twenty five. They people said they would tune in to watch us played on Twitch. So working on it. Working on. I it. I need that at a hundred percent. That's never twenty five percent. Who doesn't want to watch me play Donkey Kong Country? Well, there's I've some people out there played. that just hate on Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, yeah, those people. Yeah, I might haters. side with those guys actually. Yeah, that's one I know. Mm. <laughs> I have one of those votes for no yeah. was fish. Fish left a private vote for no. <sighs> yeah, they were all. You need to play the Super accounts. Nintendo ones and then wait until Top Tropical Freeze. So yeah, well that's play... what I'm saying. Like I'd like mm-hmm. for them to play the first two. Like he could beat Donkey oh, yeah. Kong Country in one two hour sitting easily. Yeah, the oh. first ones are not hard at all. They're 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 good. They're not no, difficult. The second one is hard. Donkey Kong Country Two, Diddy Kong's Quest is a bitch. Is a dirty little bitch. It's been a long time since I've played that. I couldn't, I couldn't I tell you one way or the other. Brutal. But the first mm. one is is perfect. And I even if Fish hates it, it's not about me trying to get Fish to like it because God knows that's a losing endeavor. It's just about having him experience an important piece mm. of gaming history. Yeah. And that has but, some of the best feeling platforming ever made. The original mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. Yeah. They just, hmm. they got a lot of stuff that it took other platformers quite some time to figure out. I just want to figure out how I can get my um, commentary with Fish while he's playing it on Twitch. Because I want to be there to be like the the commentary thing to help the conversation. Because, you know, I'm the Donkey Kong Country nerd and Fish is playing it for the first time. So that's what I want to work on. So we'll try and work out the details and no promises, but there's interest. There's enough interest, I think. See, if we start the, the stream there, then I can do another poll for another game, like whether it's Final Fantasy or something Shay wants to play. I'm trying to build our, our, our Twitch streaming and, and I would promote that for like a week and let people know when it's going to happen. So it would actually be something that we could look forward to. And it's content. So if we play the game, it's something to talk about on the podcast. So it's a double-sided dildo, Fish. Everyone's getting pleasured. Well, at least... Two of you. Oh, fun. <laughs> two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And Just two. Fish and Josh are watching, and they're at least experiencing some pleasure from uh, that. So, uh, The other poll was Final Fantasy Retrospective, which Shay was tossing this around with us earlier, but the idea was that we would play our classic Final Fantasy games and maybe talk about them for a couple weeks as like a side project, which seems a little more feasible now that uh, Fish was able to shed one of his, his jobs. Um, but if we could commit to it, it might be cool to start with six, go like six, seven, eight, nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we just start with just, five. Oh, well, yeah, sure. We can start with yeah. five, I guess. Oh, yeah. Nobody, um, and, nobody appreciates five, but yeah. And we it's wouldn't have to commit to beating the whole game. That's a lot to ask of us, but we could play it for a couple of weeks and then talk about it on the show. And maybe over the course of the year, we could check in on that series, but that, if you guys are interested, there seemed to be enough interest from the community there as well. So, um, mm-hmm. there was some people that said no, though, which it always cracks me up because there's some people that's like, I don't want to hear you talk about Final Fantasy. Fuck that shit. <laughs> so, uh, it just <laughs> makes me laugh. Um, but that's something we wanted to do. We anyway. aren't worthy. Yeah. We aren't worthy. Uh, six. I never played. And like, I have a good friend who listens to our show that really wants us to play Secret of Mana. I've never played Secret mm-hmm. of Mana in the remake. They're remaking looks, that. Yeah, but it looks so. Have you seen the new visual style? Yeah. Or? I don't. I'm not. Sh- I I don't feel particularly warm and fuzzy about the new visual style. 
the original was such a good game. Yeah. Yeah. That was this this particular person's favorite game. It's a uh, Sector Seven Item Shop. She made our um, our logo and does a lot of cool stuff with us. A uh, big supporter of what we do. She is a big fan of Secret of Mana, so I thought it'd be cool to play that as a thank you for all the uh, cool stuff she's done for us. But I don't know if I want to play the new one. I almost be more enticed. It's on the SNES Classic Secret of Mana, so you know, Nintendo's telling you that it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but how long good. is that game, Josh? Could I beat that game in like 10 hours, or is it like a 40 Ooh, or 50? Um, I mean, it's an action RPG, so it's shorter than the standard one. I don't... It's been a long time since I've played it. I wonder if it holds I think up. it's under 20 hours, but I don't hold me to that, to that at all, because that whole series um, is longer than a lot of the other action RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be longer than that, but I'm thinking around there. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. Um the BioBreak article this week is a pretty fun one um which kind of fit the theme of the show as well and I will read the summary here and we'll talk about it. of course this section was inspired by the fact that we have a biology major as part of the crew Shay who is with us he's studying over in um I should say teaching over in Japan right now and we just love doing this. So for this week's BioBreak the it's of course from sciencedaily.com where I steal all of my articles and by, we should really have a sponsorship with them at this point um, because we use their shit every week almost but it says the more competitive the more passionate in romantic relationships study finds so the more competitive the more passion uh, the source was Hokkaido University and the summary of the article is this Americans are more passionate toward their romantic partners than Japanese people Because Americans live in social environments in which people have a greater freedom to choose and replace their partners. So the idea is that because it's more competitive here, um, as opposed to Japan, where I assume there's a lot of like preordained relationships and and things like that. It's a whole different culture, which Shay is more familiar with. He actually has been dating in Japan, so he's getting a firsthand experience there. So I think this article really, I'd love to have your thoughts, Shay. Not only are you dating in Japan and have dated, but you are a biologist. so, what do you think? What are you thinking when you read this? Talk to me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's really interesting. First off, uh, I'm going to approach it at a, at a more scientific aspect, and then I will take it to the actual context of the, uh, the article. But mm-hmm. basically, what's interesting about it is that they kind of uh, posit this theory which is what the whole article is about. And their methods were basically surveying 154 heterosexual Americans, um, 78 men and 76 women, and 103 heterosexual Japanese people, uh, 65 men and 38 women. And they were recruited through online crowdsourcing marketplaces. So first off, that's incredibly vague. Um, Yeah. where, Where were these people located? Because... Maybe they took 154 heterosexual Americans in Dallas, Texas, or Portland, Maine, or Great Falls, Montana. We don't know the geographical spread of um, these Americans, and same with the Japanese people. It could have been a village of 156 Americans and a village of 112 Japanese people. You cannot make a general assumption uh, based off of that. There's just not enough information there. Second, um, the fact that those numbers are so 
imbalanced would concern me um because if i'm if i'm a scientist uh, or if i am a scientist looking at this paper trying to figure out how to duplicate these results or even look at the results they are just they're imbalanced um it's i mean it's not it's not it doesn't have to be perfectly balanced it really doesn't you can do it to the best of your ability that's why there are averages that's you know there there are scientific methods to somewhat accommodate for um somewhat accommodate for that but still nonetheless it is um it still is an issue i th- i think where it's yeah. um there's 154 versus 103 that's uh, i'm not great at math i apologize i think that's a third more uh test subjects that are american that's a bit of a problem Okay, so you're ripping the study all over the place, ripping it left Absolutely. and right. Absolutely, the methods, the methods, and the uh, data accumulation is absolutely terrible, um, in my opinion. Uh, and granted, maybe again, this is an article. This isn't the actual study. Um, maybe if I read the mm-hmm. study, they yeah, would yeah, be that, more yeah. explicit about that. But still, taking it's it's difficult to to get people to answer a question and sometimes online crowdsourcing is the only way to go about it. But for, for me, if I was doing this, this study, I would definitely want more than 154 subjects and 103 subjects. I want somewhere in the thousands because that, and maybe that's unrealistic, who knows, but that really bolsters your, your findings. Um, 154, Mm -hmm. I don't think is enough. 103, I don't think is enough. I don't think 500 would be enough. I don't think 1,000 would Ah. be enough. I don't know. I was less worried about the small number than about, like you said, the reporting methods. Um, Because since it was all self-reported, essentially feelings on things, how did they know what they were recording was actually what they were recording and not, hey, people who think they're super passionate also think they have tons of options maybe that's what they were thinking like it's 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 not a great way to do it too because i mean like people can answer questions dishonestly uh you know like if if they're asked questions you know they could be like in theory yeah I, i i think this is the case but in all actuality might be something completely different the observed (sighs) Um, reaction may be so much different. This is why you guys different. kill me, though. You guys get so well, bogged that down and also, in like, the statistical side. Like, I know you can't help it because because it's science. It's important. But I'm just saying, like, the heart of what the article is trying to say. Um, you yeah. don't like. Do you, okay, I'm trying to approach this from a way of explaining it. I I agree with you guys. There are a lot of things about the potential study, but I mean. I'll, if we're discussing the idea of the article from what they're trying to say and what you've experienced, do you think there's any validity to it? Do you disc- like what they're trying to say, even though their methods were a little sloppy or. Well, if, if we're going to talk about that, that, that stems or that 
goes away from the scientific aspect of it. And that is completely anecdotal. And that's based off of my experience. And that's the, that's the second part I do want to talk about, but that goes away from the scientific aspect of this. Uh, the whole point of the well, segment was to yeah. be scientific, which is why I pro- I took the scientific approach first. I have no issues going anecdotal, but, though. And you're right. But, I mean, at that point, I think we're just basically – our scientific approach is just ripping the article. And we're not really you – know, Yeah. Which – I'm not ripping the article. No, or no, study, no, no, no. Ripping let's, the study. Ripping the study. Yeah. I'm not ripping the study either. I'm not saying it's a bad question. If I was ripping the, the study, I would say it's a bad question. It's an uninteresting question. Um – no one gives a fuck about it. That would be ripping the art or the study. I'm I'm not ripping that. I am holding them to uh, standards that are ba- basic tenets in science. Um, that if they're going to publish, that a if a paper is going to be published, they need to have replicatable um, methods and the data that is taken. Um, okay, it, it needs fair. to be that's good fair. data. And also, I'm also indirectly, honestly, ripping whichever journal published this uh, because these are not good methods. And the journal who published this needs to have a little bit more integrity. Now, that being said, let's get let's get away from the unfun stuff and let's talk about the fun stuff. What everyone else wants to hear, I suppose. Um, from my experience, and, um, and this is one thing I don't really like is that it says Japanese in the like synopsis, but then in the first line of the actual article, it says East Asians. So Japanese and more Chinese, ripping. Right? God damn it. Shay, you said we're getting I'm to the fun ripping. stuff. You lied I'm to me. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's interesting. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little disconcerting, but anyways, um, God, you scientists. Monogamy is becoming less popular in Japan, actually. And a lot of the oh, younger generation are, are taking note. Um, I think this is, I think that's why I think this study is interesting. Um, because a lot of the older generation, yes, they stay together. Um, I, I have a friend who, and I'm not going to name this friend or give gender or anything like that. But this person's father lives in one city, and this person's mother lives in a different city. They don't love each other. They don't want to be married, but they stay married because of the social aspect of it. Basically, they don't want to be viewed um, as people who ended their relationship. Yeah. Because the older generation, like like America, believe it or not, traditional, you do believe it, it values staying together um that is more important than anything that's more important, more important than, than your own happiness is exactly. staying together exactly yeah exactly i think that whole happiness thing is a relatively new concept in society um but mm-hmm. that's a different subject for a different day um for yeah. me well, actually, it showed up right around the time hallmark did <laughs> exactly if you can pinpoint it, no. Um, uh, the yeah. From from my experiences, because I've, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do this as what about diplomatically this? I... as I can. If okay. I've dated a few Japanese women here, and um, from my experience, 
they aren't as concerned as Americans about certain things. Like, I think I think a lot more Americans, on average, from my experience, let's clarify that right now, are more concerned about staying in consistent contact. Um, if you're texting or messaging or calling yeah. throughout the day. They need, like, constant, yeah. Yeah, semi-constant to constant. And I think that that could be also indicative of an immature versus mature relationship. But I think that Americans clean. need that Americans contact Americans are more. clean. You just say it. Yeah. I think they are a little bit more clean because <laughs> yeah, which I, I think they are. Yeah. Depending on how they were reporting the study, they could have called passionate, as far as you know the reporting went. Oh no, no, I'm not clingy and needy. I'm passionate. I care so much about this other person. Like, is is right. that what they yeah. were really re- that? You know, that's kind of one of the things I was getting mm. at with my initial criticism there because. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that it as like a too. lively thing. Like, like is you, this really a better thing? That... Well, I, what I noticed just from being in the single world and being in America and being uh, married for so long is that when I was in the single world, I found that I was <laughs> she's gonna hate this. I, I found that it was very like uh, very cutthroaty out there. So you're just you're like a, you're like more alive all the time because it's just like it's crazy out there. But when you're in like a sedated long term traditional relationship, yes. You are. There's a lot less passion there, and if Japan is more traditional, then and there's more of that long term or kind of relationships or traditional relationships, then there would be a lot less um, passion because you, I think relationships do that. It gets sedated. It's human nature. You get comfortable, and if that's if there's a link between passion and comfortable, that's what I'm seeing here as well. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think that delves into a subject that's completely different from this, and we can go off on that for hours. So I'm gonna. I agree. I agree and disagree with you. I'm going to avoid delving deeper into it, unfortunately, for a second time. Um, but what I've noticed um, from my experiences, and this is completely anecdotal, it doesn't add up to any scientific basis or anything like that, is um, the few Japanese women that I've seen, they aren't as concerned about staying in constant contact. Um, mm-hmm. the 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 two girl the two girls that I have dated though they are about equal in terms of physical contact. And that's not always the case over here. Um, I think a lot um their society, PDA is a big no-no, unless you're just like holding hands. Um, hugging hmm. is, yeah. hugging is a, is a gray area sometimes in Japan. Uh, kissing is generally frowned upon in public. Um, Wait, hugging is a what? A gray area. Wow. See, but that's it right there. If you <laughs> if you're constantly under the chains of not even being able to hug people, that's a restriction of passion right there. Well, yeah, it- and that's I think I think innately. <laughs> well, well I, for some people, I mean, for how me, passionately are I, you really going to hug someone in a Starbucks? I'm just saying you're withering out people's emotions slowly but surely. You're just turning uh-huh. into these little stones. Oh, oh I mean, Josh, th- think about it this way: you, you've never been. You've never been faced with a situation of being like socially ostracized for hugging someone in Starbucks versus you being in a country where you can be socially ostracized and it, it completely it can put a damp damper on how you approach a relationship. I mean, and that's you know, that's for me it's easier to avoid that because I'm Gaijin. I don't ha I 
I try I try my best and I should try my best to adhere to all Japanese customs. But I don't always. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm ignorant of them, sometimes I don't know them. And sometimes to be honest with you, I just don't care. Um because I'll hug people wherever I want, whenever I want. Because for me it's not just about like passion, like I love someone and I want I want to be with them forever. I hug friends. Um mm-hmm. if we ever hugged, visit Japan I, together, I want to do like a four way hug where we ahead. all just get in the middle of the road and we all just hug each other, all four of us. Like a one big hugging circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm cool with that. I like hugging. I like hugging, so I'm totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. But um, this is the response, as long as it's just hugging, yeah. As long as Morgan doesn't, doesn't get a boner, something else. Hugging leads to wet kisses, right? Messy no. kisses. I like dry. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, yeah. Let's 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 get the back only... to the fucking article and end it. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Oh. Well, the only thing that I can see in this article at all is when I was in Spain in the early 2000s, they were currently going through their sexual revolution, which, you mm. know, hit them about 40 years late from, you know, yeah. the rest of the West. Um, and PDA was completely acceptable. I mean, you'd have a hard time walking through a mall without seeing someone, you know, Balls deep. You know, walking walking alongside you, you know, with the, their hands down their partner's pants. Or your pants, yeah. Um, does... Uh, Sounds like they have a lot of passion. Sounds like they have more passion than we do. Well, I mean, it's... It, it was essentially, though. they were just... They had finally... Someone finally translated free love into Spanish. And they were figuring out what was going on there. Um, but, I mean, no, but you guys are missing long term, the- does that lead to passionate relationships? Do, like, the whole, the whole premise here is just bizarre. Like, it's just well, no, Josh, everything, everything involved is so nebulously defined that it's just, what, what are you studying? Like it's just there's this is what I think they're saying, Josh, and this and you can comment on this. Do you I think they're saying is that competition breeds better results. That's and that's and you see that in all walks of life, so it makes sense. Like if you're more competitive about who you take as a lover or a relationship, as opposed to how it might be in tri- no, Japan where it's more traditional. Not really. That's completely false. It was not a thing until the last hundred years. You just married who you married. And it works out just fine. Well, let's see that attitude right there. You married who you married and it works out just fine is mm-hmm. what they're saying is a less passionate approach. No. To the, pe- it's, the, well, that's, that's, the relationship that's, is as passionate or dispassionate as you want it to be. Period. No. Wait till you get out there. It's, I'm, I'm just telling you, Josh. It's... I don't know if I agree. The love you take is equal to the love you make. But, hey, uh, all right. Well, it's something to think about. Um, because you know, all 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 life is really just sex, and all sex is is competition at the basic level. So Robert California says, "There's no such thing as a product, only sex." I gotta find that speech for you guys. Um, <clears throat> but so Shay, even though you. You don't like how they went about the study and all that stuff that you've already mentioned from your personal 
experiences and just your own maybe personal feelings, do you agree with what the article's um, formulating, the theory they're formulating? Um, I, I agree with parts of it. I wouldn't say I agree with it itself. Um, because from what this is describing, Pat, like Josh said, passion is so subjective of a term and it's not defined in this article. Maybe it's better defined in the study itself. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I agree with it only because I'm accustomed to American relationships. I'm accustomed to what passion means over there. So therefore, that's my more ideal approach of a relationship. So yes. uh, but where it's saying that Americans are more passionate, I don't find to be true. Because the two partners that I had were, you know, uh, I, I redefined my parameters for those relationships. And they met my needs in terms of passion. So I don't agree with it, yet I do. So like there there are aspects of each. Overall as a whole though, no, I don't agree with the article. Interesting. Well I do. What about you, Fish? Mm, I don't know. I don't think science and love should be meddled together. What kind of answer is that? (laughs) The only the only case you could make for their premise being true is that if you feel open enough to just shop around forever, eventually you'll find someone who will put up with your foot kink. Well, that's <laughs> that's a good reason to shop around. I, I have to it's tell tr- you guys something that's... I have to tell you something really fucked up. I saw online today, uh, via social media, there is a fleshlight that is in the shape in the shape of a woman's foot and ankle, and it goes oh, up to I like the that, very beginning yeah. of her shin bone. See, that freaks me and out too much. I after watching, almost wanted to buy one for Morgan. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not how the fetish works. It's not no, how it works. No, well, no. I don't think that's how it works. But no, maybe I should just, try it out. Just use his hand like a normal person <laughs> while he painted that fleshlight's <clears throat> toenails. Well, I, I, I've been. F- <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. It's gonna heal heal on Josh. Uh, I I've been really fascinated by that one because I've been watching so much Mindhunter with the idea of like where the fetish plays on your sexual spectrum because they're like these guys like that guy in Mindhunter who could jack off to a shoe didn't even have to have a foot in it he could just jack off to a high heel like the idea of where his sexuality fell on his spectrum because of things that happened in his life is is interesting to me uh, but. <clears throat> I will say this, Shay. You see, I sit across from a man. I see his face. I see his eyes. But does it matter if he wants $100 worth of paper or $100 million of deep sea fishing equipment? Don't be a fool. He wants respect. He wants love. He wants to be younger. He wants to be attractive. There is no such thing as a product. Don't you ever think there is. There is only sex. Everything is sex. Do you understand what I'm telling you is a universal truth, Shay? Um, I don't think there's anything about sleeping in my bed that relates to sex. As I as as I curl up in my mm-hmm. bed after a long day and I just 
want to be unconscious. Mm-hmm. Not an ounce of me is thinking about sex. Yeah. Really? That's when you've been puking your guts sex. up for the last six hours, you want a ginger ale. A yeah. product. <laughs> yeah, my first thought isn't, man, I sure would like some skank for my hang down. It's, I'd love to mm-hmm. feel better, not feel like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, obviously, that's not what he's saying, but we can move on. Um, so... We, me and Fish have been spending a little more time with Monster Hunter. Now, this is a fascinating twist of events here, okay? So, I think I've gone down on Monster Hunter a little bit, and Fish has gone up. Now, I'm still going to be playing it. Ironically, this weekend, my girlfriend's going out of town, and somebody in... <laughs> I get, I've got, Just I've keep gone, going down. I've got down on... I went down on Monster Hunter. God damn it! I set myself up for that one. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> that was a good one, Morgan. Good job. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, so what I wanted to, <laughs> what I wanted to get to was fish seemed to be pretty addicted. He messaged me the other day saying he was up till the late hours of the night playing monster hunter. And I'm fascinated with this fish because I'm curious what it is that does have you so addicted, uh, to monster hunter world. Tell me. Um, well, there's not many new games out right now that I'd rather be playing. Um, but Monster Hunter, yeah, it kind of grew on me. Like, I, I think I made the, I think one of my comments on our previous episodes over Monster Hunter was that I didn't like the world, per se, and that I felt like they weren't as big as uh, I thought they would be, but, um, you're given quests later on in the game where you fight these different uh, monsters in the ancient forest, and... I quickly found out that that place goes pretty vertical as far as, like, um, going up into the trees. And um, I realized that, yeah, these worlds are actually very big and they don't feel linear at all. Pretty dense. Um, Yeah, yeah, they're very dense. um, And I like that about that. Like, I'm seeing more of that um, as I'm exploring. Um, And I I went ahead and went through the story a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And... There's one event that happens where you take out this big elder dragon and, or you try to, but it ends up getting away. Um, but it opens up uh, two new places for you that you kind of breeze through. And um, yeah, th- those places are also very dense and uh, fun to explore as well. Different location, different scenery. Um, but I, I kind of like the grind of this game. That's where it's all at. Is, whoa, whoa. You told Shay there was no grind. You made a dirty liar out of us. <laughs> there is a grind, actually, uh, if you want it to be there. You don't have to do it, but uh, yeah. if you want like s- certain armor pieces, you, you don't necessarily have to kill these enemies like over and over again. It's not like a Final Fantasy grind where you're in one area grinding until you're a certain level. You're, you're essentially just killing these monsters uh, a few times to get certain pieces off of them to make armor that you want and i like that about this game instead of just dropping random loot you get a random chance at a piece of uh material off of a monster wait, wait. That so instead skin. of dropping random loot it drops random loot uh, random materials which would it's be loot. Necessarily... you get a piece of a random take... thing yeah you, yeah. you get a yes. shard of random loot that mm-hmm. you can assemble into a loot of your choice and once you've collected 18 yes. random pieces <laughs> 18, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. You get a badass piece of gear. That, it's a, okay. The gear is not random, okay? So you can get the no. gear you want. Well, and the one cool thing about the gear is that there's a every there's tons of weapons in the game, and you you build your weapon based off the creature you just killed. So I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but like there's this mud creature we killed, and if you take pieces from it, you can build armor that kind of looks like the skin of the creature you killed. Um, yeah. And and that does that for every creature you fight. The only problem with that, though, Fish, is that me, me and Fish, we're having a good time. We killed this monster, and we went to the forge, and then we got done, and we looked at each other, and we're like, eh, we kind of look the same. Like, there wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's killing the same stuff yeah. and wearing the same shit, so. Yeah, if you're progressing through the game at the same pace, um, yeah, you're both going to pretty much look the same unless you mm-hmm. absolutely don't want to look the same and then which is really exciting yeah. i mean well if you're playing uh, together you will be killing the same shit so yes, yeah you will. exactly there'll yeah. be little variances like fish was like i'm going for this helm or that one but like and and the tricky thing is the whole game is kill this monster a bunch to get a little stronger to kill the next one then kill, take all its pieces, and then you, you wear its armor, and then you kill the next one. Like, I feel like the loop is just kill the next one so you can get armor to make yourself a little stronger to kill the one after that. Otherwise, you don't wouldn't keep armor for very long, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. find an armor set you like. No, not necessarily. Um, what I found is, like, I'm still wearing the same helm that I've started with, and all you have to oh. do is upgrade it with the armor spheres, and it brings its defense up. Um, with you so, so you're saying it's even um, less exciting you're wearing the same old gear well if it's it well i don't know if you notice this but certain pieces of gear have a certain ability tied to it mm-hmm. um like some have fire resistance um others give you like a health boost um, so you switch gear depending boost. on what you're gonna fight or what you want out of it like oh if you want a mixture I, of I, gear i, I gotcha well a mixture of those different um, stat bonuses. Um, and some of them are pretty cool. Like uh, there's one called a sliding affinity. And whenever you're like, whenever you slide for a certain amount of time down a slope, you get a, a stat bonus uh, to your attack. Oh, God. Can you repeat no. that sentence out one more time for me? Oh. When you slide down a slope, you get a <laughs> stat bonus. Hmm. And it, this it, excites it, it, it you. You sound excited about this. So every time you slide <laughs> down a slope, you're like, "Wee! I'm getting a step." <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, every time yes, Fish uh, lies down a hill, he has an <laughs> erection. It's the weirdest thing. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm at the end, and I'm just like, "All right, I'm ready to take on this, Andrea." He just climbs to the top so we can slide all the way down, and then he's just buffed to hell. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wish it's stacked. Yeah, if it's stacked like that, yeah. then oh. yeah, I'd be sliding from the top Ooh. of a tree. Yep. Ah, just climbs himself up to the top of a hill and sits down on his oh. vinyl McDonald's tray and just <laughs> slides all the way down the hill. <laughs> vinyl McDonald's tray. That's a mm-hmm. random touch to the story that mm-hmm. I don't quite understand. But I'll take it. Make a make a good little sled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm only giving you shit, Fish. I'm being critical of this game because I, I still agree. I still think it's a fun game. It's just the loop. The loop is not engaging for me. You know, the loop is... Um, yeah, I could see that. But, like, fighting new uh, monsters, um, 
is where the game is most fun at, I guess, is the actual combat. Of, really? Because uh, we spent 45 minutes last night trying to kill this creature, and we failed, so we had to do it over again, which is weird because you were strong enough to do it by yourself. And then when we went back into the fight, you died yeah. immediately, which was very strange to me because you're strong enough to kill it by yourself, but it was able to wipe you out. And then so I spent like an hour and a half failing to do the mission, and... Like with those long forty-five minute battles, man, it's killing me. Mm, they usually don't take that long for me. Like I kind of have to carry your ass around that game, which is sad. Sad that you don't want to get good at it. That's not that's not completely fair. It's I have been trying a decent amount. Okay, I when I will try to get I, around I its body I parts. I will you... swing at its weaknesses. Like. Going for its tail or its head, I try to dodge whenever it's getting frisky. I don't. I don't think you're actually upgrading your gear well I, enough. Like I think you I mean, just all the ore spheres I got. I've used them to upgrade my gear. Okay, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Well, but, how about this? Um, how explain this? Sometimes don't you feel like the damage is a little random? Like how come no? No. no, like okay. I told you, like you need to boost up your fire da or fire resistance on that uh, on the Andrath, and yeah, that Andrath will one shot you if you don't have fire. So I have resistance. to go put armor on that's fire resistant. Yes. Yeah. See, that's yeah. I just I'm not super. See, that's the difference between Destiny and this game. In Destiny, I could just take five seconds to pull out the uh, fire resistant armor or the fire arc damage gun, and I'm immediately good to go. Like. I feel like in this game it's yeah. more cumbersome. Like, I can go back to my room and I have to switch weapons. Well, if you're not going to do that, then you have to be more. They they tell that the enemies in this game telegraph their attacks pretty well. Like when that Andras is about to breathe fire, he starts actually billowing smoke out of his mouth, and there's little embers coming out of it. Um, and that's when you know you stay the fuck away from the front end. Then how did he get you that time? That time we got together, how did he get you? Uh, that's I believe I was standing behind a tree trying to heal uh -huh. up, um, and then I peeked around just to see him, and sure enough, he was uh -huh. full force uh, billowing fire out of his mouth and incinerated me. Uh -huh. Well, you um, died twice in like five minutes, and then we failed the mission. So, And you're good at the game, so that doesn't give me a lot of hope when I'm not good at the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it... it I am progressing through it. Like I've gotten down to the rotten veil. Josh is just making weird um, faces. This whole <laughs> but my point is, like, I I feel like it's the game is a little inconsistent in frustrating ways. Like me and Fish, we were fighting this creature for like forty minutes, and it was it was fine. You know, it's like Monster Hunter. You chop away at it, it runs somewhere else. You chop away, it runs. We got to the last form, right? We had one life left, and the creature it jumped all the way across the screen at me. Like I actually ran away from it to heal. I I ran across the screen as far away as I could to heal. It leaped across the screen at me at like a speed of a bullet, and it's like a T-Rex, and bit me, and we were... I'm like, there was nothing I could do there. You know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, now I failed. We have to do the whole thing. Like, I just feel... Like it's just frustrating a little bit, you know? Like, it's... But... Yeah. yeah it's frustrating, like, kind of like a, a, a Dark Souls type of game. I guess, like, yeah. It, it feels cheap at first that these enemies can one-shot you, but once you know their attack patterns, like... Yeah, and, and I I feel like you you're because of the nature of like how much damage you have to put out, how little damage you do, and 
how many attacks you actually have to do. Like it feels very spammy in that you just want to sit there and spam all your attacks on them, but it, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that where you have to be managing, you know, your stamina, um, your health and dodging its attacks, um, uh, taking advantage of it whenever it does certain attacks uh, so you can get an opening on it. But um, I'm having a, a great time yeah. as far as like, you seem enjoying it as a lot. far as that gameplay goes on that. Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel like it's any difficult per se. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are times when they do attack and it does feel kind of cheap, but I think a lot of times, like, I'll blame it on myself. Yeah, well, that's fair. I'm not saying, like, yeah, yeah. I just, it just, it just kind of like those moments are frustrating when it's a long. My point is that it's a very, it can be very long matches. But here's another interesting thing is that, um, I wish it was as polished as something like Horizon, which is a nice segue too, because I know Shay finally finished Horizon, but the, the monsters in this game, like when they'll attack you and jump around and stuff, you'll see like their heads and their bodies go through like trees and like the 3D models will go through things. Like it, it kind of feels sloppy in a way that um, is distracting for me. But it's not like smooth like Horizon, where you could get in these giant fights with these huge mechanical beasts. And I, I wish it was more polished because I just it takes me out of the, and it's weird too. Like you'll get in like a really tight space. And the T-Rex will be jumping around all over the place or whatever it's called, the Anjanth. And, like, it's just weird, man. It's just a weird game. But I, I don't know why. I feel like I'm more critical of it than most people are because a lot of people seem to be having fun. Fish seems to be having fun with it. A lot of people on our, on our Instagram are having a good time. And it just makes me feel like a crotchety old man because I'm just not... I don't think I'm really enjoying playing it that much, you know? So it's, it's hard for me. Yeah. Six million copies sold. Damn. Already. Damn. <sighs> oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. But, you know, Fish is... Uh, I still want to play it just because I rented it, and I have a couple Instagram people that want to play with us, Fish. They've been messaging me, and they're like, I want to party up with you and Fish. And I'm like, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cool. hold this back, but if you want to do it, we can do it. Um, so maybe this weekend we can do some of that. But it sounds like you are. Do you think that maybe you're enjoying it more because you bought it for $60 and there's nothing else to play now and you have a lot of the timing um, is right? Pro probably, but, like, I'm generally really addicted generally to this enjoying game it. as far as, like, yeah. Like, the story, uh, I, I could care less about the story. It's more about um, the fact that you're coming up against new enemies, um, and exploring these new areas as well, uh, tracking them down. Um, yeah, it's just, you're it's digging just, it. I, I like. I kind of like that loop of yeah. Instead the, of uh, the loop is enough for you. Definitely, yeah. I also like the online stuff as well. Like you could jump into other uh, SOS flare games um, where somebody's asking for help on and. Uh, a monster and um, generally whenever you jump into somebody else's game like they're already fighting it and um, get all the benefits of uh, getting all the material off of the enemy as well yeah um, but you don't have to put as much time as far as tracking them down and everything that's true um, yeah so it, it's been a lot of fun uh, yeah they got gotcha. you damn it fish they got gotcha. you they got gotcha. you <laughs> There's one thing that you're good at in that game, and then that's the arm wrestling. Oh, yeah. I crush fish with the arm wrestling, <laughs> which is funny because he has these huge biceps in real life. But, like, in, uh, in the world of Animal, <laughs> in the world of Animal Crossing, in the world of uh, Monster Hunter, 
you can go to this place where you can uh it's like a it's like the mini game from Metal Gear Solid where you're getting tortured and you have to tap O really fast. Like I I thought for sure fish would crush me because he's got those speedy little fingers, but uh wasn't the case. Nope. I won like five times in a row. It was insane. But thanks for bringing that up, Fish. I fully forgot about that. Yeah, I don't want you to feel so bad about Monster Hunter. Arm Wrestling Simulator of the Year, for sure. Um, but I will stick with it. Shay, you finished Horizon. Uh, how did you feel about the ending? Were you satisfied? Would you feel complete? Disappointed? I felt good. Um, I wish that I had completed the game last year because I think the ending sequence was one of the best moments of the year. Just basically how, um, well, spoilers before I delve into that. Um, if no, if one of you guys don't want me to spoil it, um, take the headphones off now. Um, but basically, uh, Aloy has defeated the threat and she's walking to the place where her creator, um, died basically and it's just like this slow saunter of her walking through some uh like foliage and stuff and um over the overlay of the audio of the creator uh with making or having a, one of its last converse or her last conversations with Gaia which is uh kind of like the creator of this these machines and stuff like that so it was just it was a really cool pivotal scene to see Aloy kind of fin- finally reunited with her creator and also to kind of have just this really human moment with um the creator and Gaia and it it was just so well done. I I love that sequence so much. But uh the rest of it mm, cool. was good. Uh, it felt a little tame um like we've talked about so many times. The dialogue felt yeah, tame, the set pieces yeah. Felt tame. Are you gonna say something? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, sorry, I was waiting for you to say something. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's a fun game. Um, I'm not sure when I will delve into the DLC. Um, it's not gonna be anytime soon. I've I've kind of had enough of my fill of the game for now. I'm sure here in the next few months, I'll wanna. Hop back into the DLC, which is the Fro- Frozen Wilds, I think is what it's called. But yeah, I definitely want to play that. Just not right now. I want to play something different. I'm enjoying my time with Shadow of the Colossus, and uh, once that's done, uh, you're threatening it's time. expert Cuphead. <laughs> that's right. I was just gonna say after that, it's time for expert Cuphead. All right, I'm gonna get a cigar. And, and, I'm gonna put a little Cuphead and Celeste. Oh yeah, so that's one we gotta talk about on the show because we're gonna need some content coming up here, and we're gonna fight about that because me and Josh already started to fight about it, and then we stopped ourselves. And you love Meat Boy, and I don't even want to give away too much, but I think that episode could be fiery, be fiery. Okay, okay, so maybe before before Cuphead, I'll put Cuphead on hold yeah, for now. That's as good. much yeah. as I want, I want you to shut the fuck up about it, um, well, and I'll play. So, I know, uh, and I'll play. I'll play Celeste and um, oh, what's the other one? What's the other one, Josh? Um, Iconoclasts. Yes, Iconoclasts. I will play yeah, that. I one bought well. um, Celeste for us on Steam, so Fish and Shay can play it for free, all because of me. That's it. Is, it, is this the humble brag podcast between yeah. you and Fish? 
Jesus. <laughs> what was Fish bragging about? I forgot. First, he was bragging about this. Yeah, beating it without having to look it up, and then how he has to carry you through Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's not wrong, but he he's much more engaged. When we play Monster Hunter, Fish is like locked in. He's like making all these noises, like ah ah, ah and I hear I can hear his controller, my headset, click 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 click, and then I'm just over here like kind of half asleep, like ah, we gotta chase this thing again. Okay, let's do this. So we make a great team, dynamic duo, really. Huh? Yeah. I didn't realize you weren't giving your hundred percent. I mean, um, I was locked in. Uh. <laughs> Just ask his girlfriend about that. Aww. <laughs> I'll give it her 100%. Um, uh, I was going to make a dick joke there, but it wasn't coming to me. Um, that's what she said. So what I thought we could do here, I wanted to kind of do some, some wrap-up <laughs> wrap of the show. Um... But else than this, Shay, Horizon has made me realize how polished and well that game plays. If if they made a multiplayer version of Horizon that was built like Monster Hunter, but played and looked and it was as polished as Horizon, that could be like the next big thing. Um, it would be so. great, man, because Horizon is tight. It is a very tight it's game in terms of gameplay. Come on, Morgan. In terms of gameplay and just set pieces. I thought you were being sexual again. You no, were just no. being sexual. We're just going to edit that out now. No, I'm just, um, <laughs> just beep everything. Um, anyways, so, no, I'm being very serious. And uh, Monster Hunter makes me appreciate games like Horizon even more. Um, now, as we wrap up the show here, I wanted to say... Um, the Instagram this week has been great. Thank you, everyone, who left a comment. I will tag you when the show posts as well. A lot of great feedback from this. And I will try to do this as often as possible, try and get people involved in questions of the week that hopefully people care about. Because, you know, it's important to us as an indie community to get people involved in the community. That's, like, more important than almost in anything we do. And no other, not a lot of other podcasts will do that. And that's what bothers me. I could send an email to Giant Bomb. I've sent Giant Bomb an email before. A really good one that I spent 30 minutes of my life on. You know what? They never read it. They don't care because they're too busy. <laughs> and I, I'm still bitter about it. And you sent the same email every day for the last three years, <laughs> just hoping they'll Let eventually it go, read it. Morgan. But that's not going to happen with us. Um, and uh, so a couple quick things from the Instagram I wanted to mention. By the way, you can follow us at Swordchomp on Instagram and at Swordchomp on Twitter. Um, I got a shout out of the Colossus video up where I just talked about how it's like a spiritual experience. I had this really cool post that people really seem to love. One of our bigger posts in a while. I posted a bunch of 90s video game ads. And guys, I realized something about my psychology and my, uh, how I can't escape from dick jokes. It's been like the bane of my whole existence, but I love fishing games. I realized that it was embedded into my subconscious from being a child because every fishing ad from the 90s had to do with a dick joke. How does your rod measure up? That's an ad I'm looking at right now for Bassmaster on the PS1. There's another one that says size does matter. And it's like a hot lady reeling in a fish. And I found three or four more that I can dig out of my phone that are the same thing. And I realized that's where it all started, man. That's where it all started. Betting itself in my subconscious. There's a car that runs on water, man. <laughs> That's the second time you whipped out that voice today, Shay. Oh. That's the voice you literally just had. 
No. And I realized that's where my love for dick show dick jokes comes, man. I didn't say it love totally for dick It comes from the nineties ads, the subliminal messaging, man. I don't sound like that. There's no way I fucking sound like that. Please God tell me I don't sound like that. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and listen to this now and see what I sound like. <laughs> Um, a couple of funny ads I found that I thought you guys would get a kick out of. I'm sure you went to the Instagram and already checked them out. Um, but there was one where you could pre-order Final Fantasy VIII and win a car. There was one where you could uh, buy Final Fantasy VII from Sears, and they gave you a shirt with Cloud on it. One of our good friends, Rich Meister, who writes for Destructoid, said he actually has that shirt somewhere, and he's trying to dig it out. Um, but that <laughs> shirt right now apparently is going for like $400 on eBay. And that's no joke. <laughs> but that was like a real thing. They gave you a free shirt and you got $10 off Final Fantasy VII from Sears. Which is fucking rad. I actually have, I have not that exact shirt, but my dad got me a shirt when he was uh, TDY in South Korea, which is military talk, if you don't know, for being posted at a different military base. But anyways, mm-hmm. he was there for a year and he got me a, a Cloud shirt. And it has Cloud's specs on the back with a picture of cloud so it's like his height his weight his blood type <laughs> his hair color it's actually pretty badass yeah have you ever do you have that with you in japan no not in japan no, no it's a very very old shirt so well you need you should still wear it. it's great the older the better it's vintage and there's and there's there's funny things about 90 ads that just wouldn't take place now. Like, they were so bold and it was such a weird time where I feel like people didn't care about what was going on in video games, really. That, like, this ad right here for Gex has the little Gex lizard basically holding the breasts of a woman and he's just covering her nipples. Like, that ad would never exist now in a million years because we just live in a different culture. But 90s video game ads were Holy just... Holy shit. That's really risque for right now, honestly. Yeah, that... And and it's just, it was a different time. I think a funner time where people were less fucking offended by everything. So, but I mean, I will say this. I'm not a woman and some of those ads are probably maybe a little bit offensive or objectifying for women. And I, I respect that hundred percent. Um, cause some of them, well, were it's just a weird way that to say, I, I have it's a weird issues way. with you putting, just coupling the thought of fun and gex together so well i was gonna say it's a weird way to save 15 percent or more on your car insurance but (laughs) (laughs) remember this ad this is crash bandicoot and he's standing with a bunch of weightlifters it's like i don't even know why it's just a 90s ad Uh um anyways i sent all those ads were interesting they were bizarre just if just you're listening bizarre. to the show, just go Google 90 vi- 90s video game magazine ads and you can spend out. I had to do it after the Super Bowl. I was so distraught and depressed after the Super Bowl. I had to do this to make myself feel better. So, um, And this is the last thing I want to say, and I think it's a great way to end the show. This is another huge ad, uh, not a huge post that we had, but I thought it was really cool. I posted the, the thing that Sector 7 Item Shop made for us, which is great work, at Sector 7 Item Shop on Instagram. You should check her out. Uh, and I was like six in the morning when I posted it. And I was kind of like delusional. I was trying to think of like something that you were sounded six like... this morning. I was I was six Happy this birthday. morning. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm getting a Sega Genesis for my sixth birthday. Um, <laughs> man, speaking of the '90s, that was a good times. But I was trying to think of something that sounded really like epic for us, but encapsulated what we're all about, and like almost like a mantra. And I was like, like kind of cracked out. And this is what happened. And people really thought it sounded pretty cool. So I'm just gonna pretend that they're right, and it does sound cool. And I said, if we can just capture that childhood whimsy and wonder without losing our adult insight, 
If we can shred that balance, if we can keep that edge or that bite of frustrated gamers that feel unheard, that's our soul. Sword chomp. Not bad. I'm outside of my window. Your window with my radio. I don't know what that is. I'm missing the joke, Shay. Is that a song? It's Hawthorne. It's Hawthorne Heights. Oh, how dare you. Very, oh, how dare e- you. Very emo song. That's what Sword Chomp oh, is shit. all about. I forgot about that place. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for their support uh, in our growing community. It's been a long show, but a good show. And um, again, we have the problem of having too much to talk about, which always surprises me. And I'm going to try to get Fish to play Donkey Kong with me this week. We'll talk more about our Final Fantasy idea. There's a lot of shit going on. More Shadow of the Colossus. More, 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 more as the year just gets better and better at Sword Chomp, despite there not being a lot out there. And uh, we put a lot of work in these shows because we want to hopefully be one of the more entertaining highlights of your week. Because I know podcasts help me get through some pretty rough, boring days. So if we can do the same for somebody out there, then hopefully we've done our job. So thanks for checking out the show. We love you all very much, as usual. And uh, we'll be back next week with an all-new Chompcast. <laughs>